Alright everybody, welcome to the Tuesday Show. My name is James Chen and I am joined by... Hey, I'm Ultra David. Thanks for letting me come over today. Yeah, that's right. And wow, you have like this weird fuzzy aura around you. I can't explain it, but it's really... Oh, yeah. That's the corona around me. (laughs) The corona aura? (laughs) The corona... It's a crown. It's a crown. Okay. Uh, all right. So here's what we're going to be talking about today. You know, we'll keep talking about this uh, virus and cancellations and stuff and just sort of checking in on seeing how everybody is. I think that's important to do. Uh, we'll talk about Guilty Gear Strive. What yes. do you think about that? Yes. I'm super excited, but we'll get to that in just a little bit. Nice. Uh, we'll talk about the uh, 5-5 matchup. We have some interesting viewer questions that we're going to get to. Uh, looking forward to chatting about those. There was actually quite a bit of other game news. Yes. It feels like uh, almost every, like a lot of the major games out right now have had news. Yeah, I mean, despite all the, you know, the events and stuff, cancellations and all these things like that, uh, the FGC, game-wise, game they're all still chugging along, so. <laughs> yeah, they sure are, James, they sure are. Uh, all right, well, let's start talking about the you know, cancellations, postponements, and so forth of the week. It feels like that happens every week. Last week was the biggest and most immediate um, set of cancellations and postponements. That's really when this all came to the fore, at least in, in the U.S. So that's when we announced a lot of the things. Uh, there have still been a few other things that are, you know, not announced as having been canceled or postponed or anything. But the biggest one that happened this week was uh, the Olympics. Yeah, of course. The Olympics will be postponed. Uh, they expect to play them by 2021, so expect that next year maybe. But uh, still, you know, it's not going to be in this summer, which is obviously when it was planned for. Yeah, obviously. So, uh, I mean, I guess there. Uh, if everything is done by next year, then I guess we can try to have that to, uh, next year. But again, yeah. can't hope for anything just yet. So, right. For sure, um, so that's a that's a big deal because I I knew a lot of people who were planning to go to, uh, to Japan. I mean, obviously we yeah, have friends yeah, who yeah. have been mm-hmm. to Japan, friends who live in Japan, and that was going to be a big thing for them, right? Yeah, but I mean, I maybe, knew someone, maybe even yeah, go on. I I knew someone who was definitely going to try to go, but unfortunately they just uh, they couldn't even get the tickets for it. But now it's obviously right. a different situation, so. Yeah, for sure. Um, so along with that is, as you know, the Intel World Open, which yeah. was going to be a Street mm-hmm. Fighter V event. They announced that the online qualifiers were going to be rescheduled until May, right? That's something that, that they did say was going to happen. Um, I'm not particularly clear on why online qualifiers needed to be pushed back. That doesn't exactly... Jive, I feel like they, we should be the exact opposite, right? Like, we should be doing the online things while everybody's stuck at home. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, that's probably just one of those things where it's like, oh, hey, Intel has the budget to do this kind of thing, and we're supposed to be tied in with the Olympics, and now that it's not happening, we want to postpone this and the budget for that, you know? Okay, okay, yeah, I buy that. Um, however, since that was announced before... The Olympics were pushed back. 
Sorry if it's I'm laughing it, over here because uh, this is pretty... Have you seen what I've done to the screen over here? Yeah, you mean... Well, how could I not, right? I'm sitting right next oh, yeah, to you. Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, 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 of course. Never mind, never yeah, mind. Yeah, my bad, yeah. my bad. I mean, I'm right here. I'm yeah, right here, yeah. James. Okay, okay, okay. Um, and so... It's... That postponement was announced before the Olympics were announced as being postponed. What do you think is going to happen now? I mean, it's this is not... This is not clear. I mean, of course, the intention was that the Street Fighter tournament would be alongside the Olympics. I mean, it wasn't, like, officially tied to it, but clearly, like, the Olympics were a big part of why they were putting it there at that time. Right. Are they going to delay it now? Right. And, 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 like, what about all the things that, you know, they had set up with the track suits and all this tournament mode I'm sure right. they were planning to try to use? Now all of that's not going to really uh, do much with it, so... For sure. By the way, I'd appreciate it if you look at me when I'm talking to you. I am looking at you. I'm looking at you. I see you. You're just staring off in the distance. I'm right here, James. I'm looking at you. Come on, man. Come on, buddy. All right. Much better. Come on, buddy. God, look at you. Here you go. There you go. So I think think that's like the the most, the biggest FGC-related postponement. But, But just on top of that, I mean, like I said, I think it's so many of us are stuck at home. And so many of us are dealing with this same kind of situation of being stuck at home or not being able to go to work, or maybe we still have to go to work, but like that's scary because you got to go out in situations where people might have the virus. Like, right. How, how are you doing right now? I mean, it's to be honest with you, weirdly enough, uh, my, I feel like my life hasn't really changed much. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, because I'm sitting here at home, I'm streaming, I'm editing, I'm uploading, yeah. I'm streaming, editing, uploading. The really only thing is I haven't been able to eat out, right? I haven't been able to go to a restaurant and sit down and eat, which is actually even a lot of times I'll just go to a restaurant by myself and sit down. It's very peaceful and it's kind of nice and relaxing and, and you get you get out of the house, right? You don't get right. this cabin fever kind of situation and right. that's one thing that I miss a lot, but... Outside of that, it's mostly been very, very similar here. Why aren't you petting Jasmine this time, David? Come on, you always pet Jasmine. Oh, yeah, I just didn't want to take a risk of uh, getting uh, oh, yeah, cat the... fur on myself. See, it's a new, this is a new hoodie. I actually got this from UIU. I think it's pretty cool looking. Oh, nice. And I don't want to get cat fur on it. It's the social distancing that you're practicing right now, right? So. Well, luckily, cats can't get the virus. Um, we actually called up our vet. And made okay. sure that the can the cats okay, okay, cannot okay. get the virus. <laughs> so they, they can't actually, no, I just I just want to make sure that this cool hoodie is not perturbed. Did you actually call up and make sure cats. that you, you the cats couldn't get the virus? We actually did. Wow, that's crazy. Okay, okay, that's fair. Gotta know. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, but hello Jasmine, it's nice to see you as always and get a chance for you to let you smell me. Which is, I know what you like to do as a cat. Yeah, she's just sitting here. She's just like, oh, hi, David. Look, look. Hey, Jasmine. Hi, say hi to David, Jasmine. Hi, Jasmine. Hi. She's like, what are you doing? (laughs) Jasmine has no idea what's going on. He already moved her. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, look, for me, this is... This is not that unusual in many ways because I work from home as well. Mm-hmm. And for me, that is mostly the same. What's different is, well, a few things. I mean, 
my wife's uh, home for these two weeks. Her work uh, sent her home for a couple of weeks with pay, which we're obviously extremely lucky to have. Um, but so she's home, which is great. It's just like not the norm, but it's a very nice thing to have for right. sure. Uh, so we've been, you know, cooking. She's been cooking a lot. I've actually been cooking a little bit. Um, she made a meat pie last night. And I haven't had a meat pie maybe ever, but certainly not since I was at least 17, which is when I stopped mixing milk and meat. Right. Um, I mean, for, aren't you a vegetarian reasons. now? <laughs> and you can't have, you, you can't, you can't have uh, dairy-based crust with meat. I can't have, I should say. Wow. So she made vegan crust with beef. It's so good. Whoa. Okay. I mean, what's that? I mean, I guess it's, it's, Definitely possible flour and I mean what yeah. do you, what do you use as the milk substitute? Just like some vegan thing she found. I okay. don't know. Interesting. Oh yeah, yeah. The, m mixing milk and meat uh, is uh, something that's forbidden for people who mm -hmm. follow like Jewish eating laws, uh, which I do a little bit of. Uh, I'm not I'm not super strict about it. Anyway, I think that's cool. Uh, so we've been we've actually been cooking a lot. Um, the the big feel though is just it's weird to not feel like I should go out. Yeah, but I don't anyway that, that much. Uh, I I go out to maybe walk or I go to the grocery store or sometimes we'll go to like a bar or restaurant. But uh, typically, I don't go out that much. It's the feeling is just different to know that like I shouldn't go out. Um, I a bunch of places that I would go out to are closed anyway. And so there's just there's just a feeling of sort of um, you know being stuck. Yeah. That even though my day to day operations are not actually that different, the the knowing the knowledge that like I'm stuck is still kind of like a different a different feeling. Yeah, I mean for me, like I said, I mean I, I just don't like not being able to go out and eat and just kind of hang yeah. out outside when I have the chance. Because like I said. You do get a lot of cabin fever being trapped in here. Fortunately, I mean, you got to get out of the house. You drove over here today. So, um, yeah, uh, really thankful for that, that you made it here, David. Totally. Um, well, I mean, it was an easy drive. There's very few cars on the road. So traffic is a breeze right now. But I will tell you this, though. I mean, definitely one of the creepiest things has been going to the supermarket. Like I was just at the supermarket yeah. today and yeah, you go down the, the paper towel of the, the, the toilet paper aisles and the water aisles. I mean, they're doing a good job stocking the water in a lot of places and limiting you to stuff. But I mean, there was uh, one time I went to my local grocery store. That wasn't just this morning. It was uh, like a few days ago and it was mm -hmm. just freaky because everything was empty because I went super late at night right before it closed and so right. everything got wiped out from there. I mean, I went to the meat aisle. There was no meat. I went to go buy pasta. There's no pasta. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, it's, it's kind of creepy. It's kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely creepy. But yesterday I went to the grocery store. I went to Trader Joe's, which is a kind of smallish grocery store that we have here. Yeah. Uh, and uh -huh. some, other, some, some other parts of the country have as well. They did a great job at just sort of dealing with this whole situation. They made it so that everybody had to wait in line outside so that they could keep only a maximum number of people inside the actual store itself with the idea of being that when you're inside, you should be able to keep a distance from everybody else who's there. 
And so they, I mean, I don't know the number that they kept it down to, but it was like way, way, way fewer than I've ever seen in there yeah. before. So there was a line to get in. And as you're waiting in line, they have little placards on the ground that have that mark six feet from each other. And you're supposed to stand near that the placard that is closest to you, right? So that you're basically six feet away from people in line as well. They gave us a little spritz of hand sanitizer oh, as we walked in. Uh, and the little spritz of hand sanitizer as we walked out. Uh, you know, it was, it was great. And, and inside the actual store, it was, it was almost entirely normally stocked. Mm -hmm, uh, Trader mm -hmm. Joe's doesn't have some of the stuff that like bigger grocery stores have, like you know toilet paper and that. That's what it doesn't have that, but it does have a lot of food, and the food was basically all there, so it, okay. it was it was okay. nice. It was a, it was a good experience. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. I mean, th that's that's crazy that they even put you spaced apart while standing in line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and there was no, I mean, nobody was being a jerk about it. Nobody was right, like of course, getting out of, course. of their space. But there was no need to like enforce it. We were, I think everybody in that line was just like happy to actually stand apart and, and wait and, and take it seriously. So I thought I thought it was good not just on the side of Trader Joe's and the people who were working there, but also, you know, everybody who was trying to shop was like taking it seriously and, and you know, not not being a jerk about the situation. Right. Okay. Well yeah. uh, and then kind of a scare personally is that I, we thought that my dad might have COVID-19. Yeah, I, I saw you tweet about that. Hang on a second. Go ahead and keep talking about it. I'm going to close some doors here because the wind is howling. I don't know if people can... I mean, obviously, you can hear that, but... Yeah, I, I mean, it, to, you know, to be honest, I was about to say there's quite a breeze coming in here, which I'm not accustomed to. Um, but yeah, so my dad came down with a fever and a, you know, body chills and, and aches and stuff on Saturday. I mean, that's terrifying. And, uh, and he went to the emergency room. Especially and, given the story that you were trying to tell last week, how they were, like, trying to travel and everything, and they got halfway through the travel. So that seriously. probably even added to the fear, right? It definitely did. But what what more likely, what more added to the fear more was that he, he's a doctor. He works at this hospital that where he got tested for COVID. And last week, when he was working there, two doctors were working there, and they were later confirmed to have COVID. Oh, no. So it's in the hospital, for sure. Oh. Um, so anyway, so he got tested. The test came back negative. He continues to have really bad fever and body aches. And he's managing it. You know, my wife, my, his wife, my mom, is a nurse. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a doctor. Like, they're, they know how to deal with it, right? So I'm not terribly worried, but... Um, the fact that it is persisting and is still kind of gnarly m makes me wonder if maybe it was a false negative on the test, which which can happen. Right. But he thinks that it's maybe more likely just a bad influenza. He just happened to get an influenza at this time, just a different <laughs> virus, right? Because uh, he, uh, you know, according to him, it's not really the same symptoms that uh, that COVID would have. Oh, okay, okay. So it is. There are different symptoms then. There are different symptoms according to him. Yeah, okay. But so. <laughs> Look, he is, he's, and my family is super lucky. Uh, he's a doctor who's been working at this hospital for 30 years in hospitals in the area. He knows the doctors and the nurses right. and the people who staff it. Uh, he was a professor, uh, teaching medical professor at UCLA for a while. Um, he, he knows people in the community. So when he felt like he was sick, he didn't like 
go into the emergency room and have to wait and, and, you know, put himself at risk or other people at risk if he's the one who's sick. Right. You know, he can call up the doctor who works there, who he's known by name for the last three decades, and be like, hey, Joe, I don't know his <laughs> name. Uh, I think I might have COVID. Can you give me a test? And he literally walked in the back of the emergency room and they swabbed him real fast yep. and, he, and he walked out. That is such a lucky situation to have that like nobody had nobody gets tested i i know other people who are sick and have been sick for a week family friends who are concerned they have and they've been trying to get tested and they can't because they're just not they're not around and the tests just aren't available they're not available unless you have the hookup and he does because he's he works where the hookup is i i mean obviously i'm very happy that he was able to get tested. Of course, that of course, yeah. It seems like he's going to be okay, that, you know, he's got... He could have afforded, if if there had been treatment that was necessary, he, you know, my mom is a nurse, like, he can stay at home and feel like he's being taken care of well, because he is. Uh, boy, what a super lucky situation. It just makes me think about all the people, which is obviously the vast majority, who don't have anything like that, who who are sick and they don't know if they have it, or who are sick but still have to go to work, or who are immunocompromised in some way and still have to go to work. It's a super unequal system and very frustrating. And the fact that it went so well for him, while I'm happy about from sort of a selfish perspective, it really casts into relief like how terrible the overall system is. That 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 experience of he was he felt sick, so he got tested. That that is so unusual right that is horrible that it's so unusual that that's what privilege looks like is that you just get a test uh, you know i i was i well obviously still am pretty pissed about it yeah i know i mean it's it's weird right because you're at this point where you're like thank goodness my dad can get that but then you just think yeah. about everybody else whose dads i mean uh shankar in the chat just mentioned that you know, his friend has all the symptoms and the doctor told him not to go in because they yeah. just don't have any way to test him. It's- yeah, uh, that was the same thing that my family friends have heard. Um, by the way, a woman my age, uh, in her mid-30s, she has been sick for a week and has been told not to go in. There's no tests available. And if she goes in and she gets other people sick, then that would be bad. Or if she goes in and she gets Maybe she does. Maybe she has something else, and then she goes in and gets COVID from like being in an emergency room full of people who have it. God. That would also be bad. So if she's not gonna like imminently die, then suffer at home. And so that's what she's trying to do. Yeah, and you know, I mean, I know like today, you know, we were they were talking about you know you know we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Things are getting better yet. Yesterday, I think it was the first day that the United States had its first hundred deaths, hundred plus deaths uh, in one mm. day recorded, and so it's clearly not getting better, and it's uh, clearly yeah. getting worse at this point. And again, you know, yeah. the goal is not to incite panic. Obviously, we're, that's not what we're trying to do. Is like everyone's sitting here, oh, social media panic, you know, whatever hype. But but I mean, it's it's like a legit threat it's a legit situation that we have to be careful of and uh i mean you see the curves flattening in a lot of the asian countries now and Mm -hmm. it's because they're starting to practice a lot of the social distancing uh 
I don't know if you saw the video of all the uh, governors in Italy, like cursing everybody out, telling people to stay home. Which is no. a, it was a pretty hilarious video because the subtitles are like, "What the fuck are you doing? Go home and stuff." And like the person wrote down, like, "Yes, these translations are accurate." <laughs> Wow. You know, like they're actually getting super mad at people and like they're arresting people and stuff like yeah, that. Good. So, I mean, they they were mad that people were still going out because I mean, yeah. obviously in Italy, it's worse than anything. Right. And uh, uh, here in the United States, I mean, we have to take it seriously because it, we just have to look at the, the, the Asian countries right now who are flattening their curves. I mean, I saw a chart. That showed that Japan, China, and Korea, their curves are all flattening out now. Whereas all of the Western world is starting to exponentially grow as expected. And a lot of yeah. that is just due to, you know, I mean, you saw, you've probably saw the article about the, the, the spring breaker who went to Miami and now he has yeah. COVID. So how many of the people out there who are like, oh, whatever, you know, I can do this. Da, 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 da. And again, this is why I talk about when you're in your 20s, you feel invincible, right? And so like... How many people are gonna spread it? I I watched yeah, another. Well, it's happening. I, I watched another video that basically said, you know, that this guy was talking about how if you have the flu, you know, on average you'll spread it to if you if you come into contact with ten people, you'll have the uh, probability of spreading it to about one point three people. And so if you spread it to them on that ratio and then they contact 10 people and then those 10 people contact 10 people and do this for 10 cycles, they said like 40 people would have the virus of have the flu or something like that. But COVID is so contagious that if you repeat that same experiment and I contact 10 people, come in contact with 10 people and those people come in contact with 10 people and you grow that 10 times, you will infect 59,000 people. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's how serious it is and how different it is. And people have to realize that it's not. And again, we talked about it last week. You know, it's not even just about, hey, I don't want to get sick. You could be sick already. You're just not showing the symptoms. You're one right. of the fortunate that don't that aren't going to suffer the symptoms, but you're still a carrier and you could still right. pass it on to so many people. Yeah. Wow, it's interesting hearing people talk about it in the chat as well and how things are going differently in different places. Got some folks in here from Australia and from Canada, which are both handling it differently. Um, you know, that's... And, and, and in some ways better, right? The fact that testing is so much more available is great. But yeah, I mean, the, the idea of at, at least some people out there still being jerks and hanging out. I mean, not just in Florida, right? Uh, over the past weekend, I saw pictures of the beaches in Los Angeles. And LA County, yeah, that had lots of folks, um, and so now our beaches are going to get are shut are shut down. But uh, that's how it was over the weekend. So it's it's there are people everywhere who are not taking it seriously. Well, it's funny but too. There it's... are lots and lots of people who are taking it seriously, and and that's what that's why you know I just read that the rate of people filing for unemployment in California went up four thousand percent last week because people are. <laughs> staying at home they've been laid off or um they are staying or, or other people were laid off and so can't spend money and now they're laid off right the whole sort of chain of things that ends up uh, resulting in more people getting laid off that's happening a ton 
And while that sucks, it's also an indication that enough people are staying inside, right? Which is which is bad. We need to have better ways of dealing with this than just filing for unemployment insurance. Obviously, much more that needs to be done on that front. But that is a sign that people are actually taking it seriously to stay inside. Yeah. It's funny, too, because, uh, you know, Olaf was I was talking to him about it. And he's like, you know, the problem is a lot of people, you know, there's this secondary level of being uh, clever, right? So you're, the initial level of being clever is, hey, you know what? Since everybody is staying indoors, that means I can go hiking because nobody's right. going to be out there anymore. The next level yeah. of cleverness, of course, is that, you know what? Everybody thought of this. <laughs> right. And uh, a lot of people haven't gotten to that next level. And uh, a lot I've heard like hiking trails in Los Angeles are completely packed. You know, yeah, uh, all these people trying to go, oh, well, I can still go out to these areas. And, you know, I, I joked with Olaf. I was like, yeah, we're aware. That's why we're fighting game players. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. Well, so I mean, uh, you know, we'll see how we'll see how it goes. Hard to uh, hard to know how it's all going to play out. Thanks, Kwanzai, for the sub. And for six months. Um, well, how are you doing at home? Are you playing new games? Are you playing more games? What are you up to? Uh, I mean, for me, like I said, it's mostly just been streaming and editing as usual. I haven't okay. really been able to. I mean, like I have Uni on uh, Switch. And I haven't even touched it. I haven't okay. even touched it on the Switch because I'm not yeah. traveling, right? I mean, if I was on the airplane or if right. I was in a hotel, I would be able to use it a lot more. But, you know, here at home, I've I've just been busy with content, content, content. And I really do hope people have appreciated all the content that we've been putting out. I even checked. I was like two-thirds through the month, like on March 20th, we had put out like over 30 videos on our Ultra Chen channel Dang. already. So... I feel like we're doing a good job over here uh, with the content and everything, but uh, the only thing that I think I've kind of added, and I think you saw this on Twitter because you responded to this, was I've actually just been sitting down and playing Street Fighter V randomly online without streaming it a little bit more often because I used to always not play even though I had some time because I felt like I was respon- it was my responsibility to also stream myself because it was content and I was playing fighting games. And yeah. so, in a weird way, that made me not play. And then when I do play, you're self-conscious because you're being watched on stream. And so, right. I decided to kind of change it a little bit so that... Uh, Jasmine, stop looking at David like that. Come on, come on. It's okay, it's okay. Come on. And so, you Just know... Just make sure she doesn't get too close. I got to keep this right. pretty clean. Uh, I, I definitely, you know, uh, have been playing a, a little bit more. And, and the important thing, too, is I'm playing short sessions. When I stream, mm-hmm. you always stream for like four hours and then you get tired and salt comes in, <laughs> you know, and, and you yeah. get stuck in this vortex that I always get stuck into where I'm yeah. tired and I can't play and I lose points and now I want to keep playing to gain them back. But sure. when I'm just playing myself, I play for like 30 minutes, I play for an hour, and then I stop. That's great. And uh, I definitely could feel the difference because I did stream yesterday myself playing for about two hours or an hour and a mm-hmm. half. 
And, you know, it's just the scenarios are more familiar with me. I'm using Lucia's meter a lot better and everything. And okay. I'm playing, a, I'm just playing, i just more familiar with all the situations that come up. So I have a better idea of what I'm supposed to do. I still don't think she's strong enough. And I'm so mad because, you know, we've got these stealth patches and they didn't do anything to her. <laughs> yeah. But, but I mean, uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. But, I mean, yes. on the subject of Lucia, I honestly don't think they have have any data for this character because nobody plays her <laughs> mm-hmm. even though everybody was like my god this character's clearly broken when she first came out and now you know here we go yeah <laughs> well i mean i've been playing just the same games i've been playing mortal and street fighter a bunch i i've been last week i would say i was actually super productive i did not just streaming and video editing stuff, but I did a bunch of, like, planning and extra little projects that I've been thinking about for a while, and I had some legal work to do, so I still did all of that. I was putting in, like, 10, 11 hours a day, like, just doing work and stuff. That was more than I typically do per day, and (laughs) it it felt good, to be honest. I I mean, mean, I'll also be honest, too. I mean, like, just as kind of a little preview for stuff. Uh, I've been talking with different groups of people, and uh, I may be trying to create more podcasts, you know, so uh, I'll probably be doing podcasts with a couple of other guys uh, on another night, and then uh, doing another podcast with somebody else on all these different subjects and topics and everything. I'm trying to, uh, I'm, I'm... I mean, this hasn't been officially announced, but I'm working okay. with uh, a lot of the, 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 the Teppin heads to, to potentially do uh-huh. some cool Teppin stuff as well. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm, it's interesting. I'm busy. I'm doing so much stuff right now. That's um, great. But the hardest part, honestly, is editing, right? So uh, yeah, yeah. I, I have, like my first attack episode that I just did was an hour long. It took me four hours to edit it. So probably should not have been that OCD about it, but um, I need to. I mean, I'm I'm in the works of trying to hire an editor at this point okay. in time. So you know, and uh, that will free me up to do a lot more of the streams. So yeah. <sighs> cool, dude. All right. So well, just like a little keep up, are... and again, thanks for talking in the chat, everybody. Um, it sounds like. Most of you are doing okay from what you you were saying. Uh, I mean, I you know I've known I have friends who have been laid off already. I mean, you know, there's oh, yeah. tough times, but um, but as far as just like physically, it sounds like people are mostly good. I hope that that continues. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, we we've seen some people in the chat talk about how they've lost their jobs and. You know, yeah. I've seen so many of this situation, but the thing about it is, uh, I was saying this on my stream yesterday, uh, obviously everyone's going to get affected. There's not going to yes. be a situation where, oh yeah, once everything's back to normal, it'll take a while for everything to be back to normal because we're going to lose a lot of the businesses we have around here. Uh, yeah. I even saw uh, Chris Delp uh, from Dallas, you know, from the, the Texas area, the guy who runs the Spring Series. For Super uh-huh. Turbo, uh, you know, yeah. he's the one who flew me out to free play arcade and everything like that. And there's right. actually a campaign to save the arcade right now because they have to close down. And they basically might just have to close the whole business if things don't fix anytime soon, you know. Yep. It's just, it's it's crazy. But, you know, the, the, 
it's interesting because, you know, I, I joked about it last week or the week before how, you know, there's this idea that we all live in a simulation or whatever like that. Yeah. But, you know, like if this is what the you know people running our simulation have to do to try to get humanity to, to look at itself a little bit more carefully, because I mean, the, oh, God, it's driving me nuts. Like the, the, this 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 pandemic is actually exposing so much of how fraudulent a lot of the government is. Like, I don't know if you saw the headlines where they're like, hey, we put all these homeless people into housing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you could have did this all along. Yep. <laughs> and you didn't, you know, oh, hey, here's all these other things that we're doing now that we clearly could have done all along, but, you know, we're not doing until this situation. It's yep. just like, I mean, I'm hoping that what this really does is just get everybody to realize, you know, that, that you know, we are just running too much on, on you know, the rich get richer kind of a, a system, so... I, I'm, I'm not super optimistic, but I am very hope. Oh well, I'm not optimistic, but anyway, yeah, end of I sentence. Know. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally understand. Yeah. Um, all right, everybody. Well, want to move on to talk about uh, video games? Yeah, let's talk about video games. All right. So, what's the big news? Uh, Guilty Gear Strive has just announced some stuff. Lots of cool stuff, and yet none of the early stuff they announced was the cool part about it. Uh, right. Like, they announced, one, that they're doing an open beta now, so you can sign up for this open beta. And, uh, if, uh, you know, if, if you, and then the other thing was, if you filled out part of the surveys at any of the events, uh, you are automatically enrolled in the beta. And that's like, that's super cool. And then, yeah. I mean, they knew what they were doing. Shout outs yeah. to the, shout outs to the, uh, to the social media manager for Arxis America. Cause then the third tweet was three out of three. Oh, by the way, dot, 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 roll back net code. And yeah. Bam. Like I, I can't even, Oh boy. Like, I mean, uh, our Patreon article I wrote this week was about that. And, you know, just to kind of give you a hint on what it was about, uh, it'll be available, obviously, this Friday uh, publicly on our website. But, you know, I think this is one of the most amazing and biggest kind of things that happen in the FGC, that we got this Japanese company that's, you know, where where they're at, Delay net code works great, you know, but like they actually took the survey seriously enough that they are going to take this game that clearly by the state that it's in that we have demos and everything and it's playable at venues uh, to rip out delay based net code and actually try to put in the rollback net code because of community response. That is a huge freaking deal. I think that is a massive sign of how things are changing in at least in the fighting games. 
in terms of uh, community and developer interaction. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, it, if it's just me that feels this way, having gone through 20 years of you know, basically radio silence from developers until now. Hey, right. here's a world tour, you know, but now it's like, right. okay, we'll rip out the net code. And to me, that's gigantic. So it I, is. I don't know how you feel about it. Like, what's your opinion? What's your take on the whole thing? Yeah, I think I think it's very important. I'm not sure that I think it's that this is the moment that proves that. It's certainly like among the proof of the increased community and developer sort of interconnectedness and relations for sure. Uh, and and excellent for Guilty Gear players, and probably means that you know if Arxis is developing this for one game, why not just put it in everything whenever they make a new game from now on? Um, so I think I think that's great. You know, Street Fighter V has had rollback. It's not implemented well, <laughs> but it it had it. Uh, Marvel Infinite had a better version. Yes. Um, you know, certainly developers in other parts of the world have been doing this already for for several years. So I'm not sure that like this is the this is part of that trend. I think without me thinking that it's like the moment that right. like really shows it. I mean, for um, me. Uh, for me, just to, just to interject really quick, yeah. the biggest deal is that it is a Japanese developer that had its mind changed, you know, because obviously when Mortal Kombat did its great killer instinct, you know, Skullgirls, yeah. them fighting herds, fight of animals, all these companies are doing that. But, you know, to have a Japanese company, which have been historically very stubborn, um, granted, a lot of credits to Daisuke Ishwatari as well because he's 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 a cool guy, and I'm sure he had a lot <laughs> of input on this. But you know that we got a Japanese company like this to change its mind, uh, I think is it, that's the part that that's crazy to me. That's the part that that impresses me the most. Man, sorry guys, I'm just I'm feeling kind of it's it's cold in here. That's also if if I freeze up now and then. That's why. Oh, um, okay, okay. Night Slash says that uh, Zynak helped work on uh, Netcode net for Guilty Gear. I haven't heard that. That yeah, is yeah. super cool. They, they say that Zynak, who worked on Killer Instinct, is one of the guys that they hired to go and work on Guilty Gear Strive. That's awesome. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't know that he was involved in that. Very yeah. cool. Hey, watch this. I can. I can. I can Thanos snap right now. What? Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just had to do that one time. I just had to do that one time. How dare you? <laughs> oh, Zynak actually tweeted it himself. That's so cool. Yeah. That's awesome. So yeah, that I guy's mean, had his hands in a lot of in a lot of fighting games. Yeah, for sure. So He's been I, around. I believe that uh, you know, especially given Arxis's obviously history of just quality. That even if the net, like people were saying it could be Monkey's Paw, could come out and the net code will be as bad as Street Fighter V. That is definitely a possibility. However, do I think it will take four years before they actually do something about it? No. No. (laughs) Okay. I, I, I think even if it does come out bad, they would fix it a lot sooner than four years. So. I, I agree with you. Yeah. I think that they, they clearly, they make excellent stuff, right? And and it was almost like the netcode is one of the few things that was not <laughs> up to the level of quality that everything else that they make is. So now that that's, well, hopefully going to be there, I would expect them to take it really seriously as well. Yeah. And it is it is really good. It's, it's not, I don't want to downplay it too much. I think that it is very important. And 
you know, it, especially if, as I would expect, they institute it into Strive, but then whatever the next game that they come out with, because they're busy bees, I hope that it would be rollback as well, because they've already shown that right, they can right. they have the ability and, and to do it. Someone asked me if, if we feel like that's going to happen. The answer really is going to come down to how well is Guilty Gear Strive going to sell? How, what's sure. the feedback on this? Like in America, if everyone buys it. And again... To me, I almost feel like that it's really important now that Strive has reinvented itself as a game completely as well because that means everyone who starts to play it will be starting from the same ground zero. You're not going to be like, wow, I can play this game with rollback netcode in Japan. Go play it. And then, you know, guy uses chip strategy from, you know, for the past, same strategy for the past seven years to murder you. And then you're no. like, I don't want to play this. And you leave, right? And then you won't right. see the people play. But if we're all learning it together, if it's more neutral focused, I feel like a lot more people will play it. And I feel like that will give uh, a lot more of a, of, a, of a base on it. Now, yeah. uh, before, I mean, I, I, I did this on my stream too. I don't know if I want to do this again here, but shout outs for the follow. But I don't know if I want to put this in people's minds, but... You know, okay. now that they've done this to Guilty Gear Strive, they have experience now on taking out rollback netcode from their, I mean, the delay-based netcode from a game and yeah. putting in rollback netcode. They will have the experience now. Could they possibly go back and do that to, like, Grand Blue Fantasy versus? You know, uh, I, I just, I mean, you would know better than me what kind of a project that would be. I just don't know how much work that entails. Right. The I I think it's very doubtful, except that Psy Games has a lot of money. That's the only reason why I think it could happen. That's why I didn't mention Dragon Ball Fighters, for example. Although Toho has a lot of money too, and and whatever you know, the, the studios that all own it. Um, but, I mean, if Psy Games really wants Grand Blue Fantasy Versus to be as successful as they want it to be, look, I, I, Samurai Showdown, we, we're going to get into this a little bit later, has already just been, like, literally falling all over itself. Um, right. Uh, the the netcode isn't good and other things that we'll get to, but, you yeah. know... Grand Blue Fantasy Versus is falling under that. There are people who sound like they don't want to play it online as much because the netcode is so bad, you know? And, yeah. and if Psy Games wants it to be successful, to be kind of a, a big deal, and they have a game that has that potential, it might be something they want to consider doing, maybe? Cause, I, I would love it if they did. I just, again, I don't know how much work that entails but i assume it would entail a lot yeah oh yeah it's gonna yeah. take a lot of work but like i said the nice thing about it is i really really highly doubt that the net so this is one thing i will say as a programmer the delay based net code that they're using in strive right now because uh, the beta is going to be still using that because obviously they can't rip it out that fast so the beta will still be using the delay based net code um that netcode is going to be very similar to the netcode they're using in Grand Blue. It's going to be very similar to the netcode that they're using right. in uh, in uh, Dragon Ball Fighters. If they can, you know, step by step, kind of learn and figure out the proper process and steps they need to take 
to do all the changes and everything like that, then uh, it might make it easier to do for older games. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe, yeah. But again, I'm not, I don't want to get my hopes up because I know no, the chances yeah. of that are very uh, uh, low. So Yeah. Not something I expect for sure. Mm-hmm. And it's not even the problem is that the FGC has garbage internet. It's it's the U.S. It's the Western world just has garbage internet. Uh, and it's it's just because of the size of our country, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm sure, like, I can talk about Japan and Korea, but Japan and Korea are, like, very small countries. It's it's a lot easier to, 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 to overall and cheaper to create, um, you know, to redo your infrastructure. I mean, the, the fact is that, you know, you know, I've always told the story about Marn when he moved from Texas to California. He said it yeah. took him two days to get out here, one day to get out of Texas and the other day right. to get to California. And, you know, when I when you ask about that drive, there's literally nothing for like 80 percent of that drive. You're just driving on a road and there's nothing there. If you wanted to change the Internet infrastructure of the U.S., you've got to span all of that distance everywhere and it's just you know for a country like japan and korea it's just going to be that much simpler to do and so u.s yeah, yeah. i just... mean they, they're they're just much more on the ball it's not just about size it's about government taking things seriously it's mm -hmm. I, I think it's there's there's a lot more that goes into it because some other small countries also have bad internet yeah for sure for sure right. i mean uh, japan anyway, and japan and south korea also are beneficial that they you know uh have a lot of you know, country income and, and good technology yeah. as well. So. Well, I mean, I'll, that's that's all related, right? Right, exactly, exactly. But in, in, in conclusion, yeah, we don't have great netcode here. We don't have great uh, internet infrastructure here, so we do need different kind of netcode, and, and I'm really glad that Arxis has taken that seriously. Yeah. Uh, and and it's it, that will increase not just, it's not just going to be good for us, it will be better for people who are in East Asia as well. Not just because, like, not their connections with people who are close to them will also be good. But in addition to that, they'll be able to play people from further away, which will be beneficial to them too. I mean, this is this is something that's good for people who play wherever they are. Yeah, agree, agree. Uh, but I mean, I think it's a big deal. I think it's great news. Uh, I'm super happy for the game. Uh, I really feel like, uh, I mean, obviously, I'm biased. I mean, the way that I feel about Guilty Gear has always been, you know, I've always been very passionate about the series and I've always loved the series to death. But, you know, there's a lot of hope in me that this can help Strive just become like one of the biggest players in the scene. I don't think it'll be ever the biggest player in the scene, but can it get to the level of Tekken and Street Fighter? I mean, I think it has a potential to come close now. You know, to, to 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 grow and have people play with good netcode because man, netcode is clearly one of the most uh, frustrating factors when playing fighting games. A bunch of people in the chat have already said they didn't buy Grand Blue just because it has delay-based netcode. Yeah. Well, and and I did get it, but. Some of the people I would like to play against live on the other side of the country, and I just I know that our connections are going to be bad. So yeah, we ha we haven't even tried it, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, anyway, this would be this is great news for Strive. I hope that it means good things for other things that uh, that company is doing. Yeah. Um, 
That wasn't the only news, though, for Guilty Gear. Yes, so this past weekend was supposed to be Final Round and Brussels Challenge weekend. And both of those events were canceled, and Arxis was supposed to release trailers at both of those events. At this point, I'm not sure if they were planning to release the same trailer at both events, or if they were going to be two separate trailers. But instead, I guess they combined everything into one trailer, perhaps, and uh, released it live on YouTube just this past weekend. Uh, and, I, and I actually live streamed that, so that was actually cool. <laughs> that <laughs> okay. was fun. But yeah, they announced return of two characters that I don't think is surprising anybody that I think most people knew were coming back. Sure. Melia and Zato are returning to yep. Guilty Gear Strive. No big surprise. I agree with that. They both look great. There's, you know, everything looks great in that game, but it's really cool to see characters, returning characters, with slightly updated stuff, like slightly different styles, and they look super cool. Right. I think Eddie looks so cool. Dude, Eddie is so the, best. the little the the teeth, the the tongue, the eyes, like the expressiveness of the like waving around of yeah. hand. I just everything about what they did with the shadow is so cool. Dude, Ed, like I mean, honestly, like, I mean, there's definitely a theme in this, in Strive, right? One, they're trying to make everybody as goddamn beautiful as possible because, <laughs> yeah. uh, Milia, I mean, honestly, like, I've, like, always just been like, Milia, whatever. But, like, this was the first time I was like, wow, Milia looks really pretty. <laughs> she does. She's she definitely gorgeous does. in this game. And then yeah. Zato, I, I, like, on the stream, I was analyzing, I was like, has Zato ever been this muscular and most people yeah, are like he's buff. definitely not because i mean look zato looked fit as hell uh yeah. all of a sudden and not only just that but man i okay so i mean two things right one the animation oh going mm-hmm. through frame by frame and like melia is actually like kind of using her kicks to like guide her hair now and like Right. Beautiful line of motion and everything like that. The and like the the fact that it just further proves to me that they're the only ones who can make Darkstalkers in a 3D game. Right. Yes. Because they understand the principles of animation so well. And then, uh, you know, what I've learned from playing Tekken is that I've never been good at discerning between moves because I don't look at moves as actual moves. And okay. you know, I realized watching that trailer why. I had so much trouble fighting Eddie now, or Zato, uh, in previous games, is because I could never tell what the hell he was doing. I just, he would attack me, and like, black stuff was everywhere, but now, in this one, because Eddie's so expressive, and the highlighting on him is so clean, Mm -hmm. I can see what he's doing, and like, instantly, I just saw that, and I was like, oh my god, I think I could actually fight him for once. You know, because people... They always, nerfed him by making him so pretty. Yeah, because, like, literally people would be like, yeah, you know, this and the invite hell is not real. And I'm like, I don't know when invite hell is showing up. Like, I just have no idea where it's showing up because I couldn't see anything. And, and, I, and you know, this is a weakness of mine in fighting games. And so now I feel like it'll be so much better. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it like that. Yeah. God, but so- yeah, they they really look great. They look interesting. I mean, they look like themselves. Oh, look, I'm no I'm no expert, but mm-hmm. in my I've watched them a few times now. A little trailer. 
looks like Milia and looks like Eddie, right? Well, I'll, I'll, I mean, like Zato? I'm actually going to uh, counter that a little bit because... Uh, I don't know. I'm no expert, man. Right, I know. I, I'm just saying, like, uh, Faust, you know, obviously Faust is the most different looking out of everybody. But I feel yeah. like since Faust, the characters have actually changed more than the previous okay. characters uh like chip yeah obviously like he doesn't have his teleports it just feels like they took away some stuff but you know the stuff that i saw from zato like the the, the big hands thing was just like the shield that he was just absorbing hits like right. I, he's never had anything like that before uh there That's was true. four drills in a row that that actually eddie threw out so Eddie came out and threw out the drills, and Zato was able to, to, to go in and attack. He's never been able to do anything like that. Milia, when she was throwing the disc, she does it by jumping and throwing the disc, and now she starts airborne as opposed to trying to plant it on the ground. So to me, it felt like that, they, that their gameplays are going to change just a little bit, and I'm really curious uh, about that. I'm really curious to see how that's going to change some of the stuff. So Cool. I'm in for that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, game is so beautiful. Oh, yeah, I, I can't get over yeah. how good the game looks. I, I, it, it blows my mind. I mean, I was going through the, the trailer after they debuted it. I was going through it frame by frame, frame by frame. And I don't know how many times I just stopped and I was like, how is this 3D? How is this 3D <laughs> yeah. graphics? It's just like impossible. Yep. It's, yep. oh gosh, it's so amazing. Amazing. Yeah. All right. Anything else to say about Strive? Um, no, I think I, mean, I can sit here and gush about it forever. So let's move on. <laughs> All right. Well, let's take a break. We've been going at it for about an hour now. Okay. Okay. And I'm gonna go get some meat pie. You're gonna get some meat pie. Dang. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And I'll be back. Well, I mean, and I guess I, we'll be back. Can I share some of it? No, no, no. This is all for me, dude. Uh, oh, actually, you know what? Social distancing, all that stuff. You're right. You're yeah, right, you're right, you're for right. sure. Yeah, okay, but okay. do you mind if I if I use your microwave? Is that cool? Oh yeah, go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Cool. Okay. Awesome. All right, we'll do. Cat just walked through David. <laughs> oh man. All right. Okay. We'll be right back, guys. We'll be right back. Oh shoot! I forgot to do something. Okay, I'll take care of it right now. Hello, 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 everybody. Hello, 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 everybody. Uh, thanks again for tuning in here. Oh, I forgot to play my chill background music here, which I need to do for you guys. Here we go. That might have been a little too loud. I apologize. Fortunately, the music is very chill, so it wasn't going to hit like that. Why are people sour pleasing, dude? This thing is, the song is amazing. What's wrong with you people? Or is it just the loudness of it? Was that all it is? Is it just the, 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 the volume of it? Because uh, this song is the best. Oh, Sour Please is dancing? Oh, I had no idea. What did Sour Please look like? I can't even remember what it used to look like. Oh, was it that little purple thing? 
Oh, it's a gif of a guy dancing. What happened to that emote? Did it go away? Oh, that's what it is? Oh, okay. I had no idea. I've just seen people use it. For some reason, I thought that was the one with like the, the hands going up to the head. Uh, which one's that one again? It's only viewable with an extension. I see, I see, gotcha. Yeah, that thing. That, oh, not like this, that's right. Okay, okay. Sorry about that. Yeah, because it says sour please, so it makes it sound like it's like you're upset. Like, no, I'm sour, please don't do this. You know, like that. So, I, I made the mistake. I made the mistake. Okay. Sense. Yeah, see, I don't see it. I don't see it at all. Oh, feels bad, man. Yeah, that's another one that I see a lot of people type in. And now I actually, for the first time in my life, I think, have ever understood that um, why. I see people type those emotes all the time that uh, I don't see. That actually makes a lot of sense now because there's uh, the extension. I mean, it was that one time when me and David were at freaking, um, Brooklyn beatdown, and we saw the line of everybody waiting to get into uh, the venue for Call of Duty or CSGO, I think it was. Um, I think it was CSGO. And you know, people were holding jabated signs with Jabaley's head on it, and I was like, oh my god, you guys don't even know who this guy is. Oh yeah, what the heck is Monka S? That's another one that I see a ton of that I actually have no idea what that one is. Monka S. Oh, is it the same thing? It's, it's the same? Why are there so many Pepe memes? Why are there so many Pepe emotes? I'm actually kind of glad I can't see those. Hey, what's going on? You did uh, run the ads, right? I did. You know what's actually funny to me? I put out a question, you know, about how frequent ads are okay. Uh, how frequent you would be okay with, with ads on uh, videos on YouTube. I, you know, I put them every half an hour on the Tuesday show. And I actually yeah. found that a lot of people have YouTube Premium, which surprised me. I saw I saw that series of chats. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was surprised that that many people actually have uh, Twitch uh, YouTube Premium because I was like, yep. who actually pays for that? But you know, it gets rid of all the ads. A lot of people use YouTube for music, and then not only that, but it supports the content creators better than obviously mm -hmm. if you just use an ad blocker. So. Yeah. Also found out that if you skip the videos at the beginning, uh, skip the ads at the beginning of a video, they don't, the, 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 the content creator gets nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's like so weird. Yeah. 
Oh, I'm right. I'm going to go back. Okay. Big enough. Despite all this food in your mouth. All right, hang on a second. Before we get back onto the stream, David, you and I are gonna do our ritual high five, okay? Ready? There we go, all right. Let's do this. Let's do it. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Tuesday Show. Of course, I'm James Chen, and once again, joined here in the flesh by... Ultra David. Hello, and uh, we are going to be moving on to the next stuff. We're going to be talking about uh, the topics that you guys want us to talk about. Five, five matchups. Oh, yeah. Now, do we have our own stuff, or do we only have the viewer choice stuff today? I only have the viewer choice stuff. Okay, no problem. Sounds good. Let's uh, bust these out here so we can see the results. But do you want to read uh, the Yeah, questions? I'll read them out. Here are the questions. So... Number one, what are your top three worst matchups across all fighting games <laughs> in history? Okay, I like it. Number two, which elements from which existing games would you combine to create your ideal fighting game? Three, with the push for rollback netcode seemingly working, should we be pushing for crossplay too? Four. Are there any features you'd like to see in the new game consoles that would help with fighting games? Aside from the obvious, better controller unpairing process, which definitely needs to happen, yes. <laughs> Five. <laughs> what long dormant fighting game series Oops. could be due for a resurgence? Could Virtua Fighter succeed now that 3D games seem to have made a comeback? Six. With MK9 being pulled from Steam and Xbox Live and Marvel 2 being uh, hard to find and come back... Yes. What should the FGC do to ensure game preservation? Seven. I'm sad and scared, so what's cuter? Cute cat pictures or cute dog pictures? And please use example. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, and the winner is five. What long dormant fighting game series could be due for a resurgence? Could Virtua Fighter succeed... Now that 3D games seem to have made a comeback. Okay. What do you got for me, James? Uh, what dormant game? I mean, this one's kind of an interesting one because uh, my answer is like kind of twofold. One, I would really love to see a resurgence of rival schools. Uh, okay. Mostly because I I want to make it. <laughs> I would love to be in charge of a new rival schools. Uh, obviously, you know, something like Darkstalkers, I would love to see, but there's only one way Darkstalkers could ever happen. And that is, of course, if it is done by Arxis and I'm working on it. Uh, <laughs> outside of that, I don't think okay. that it could ever work. Uh, although, I, 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 I've seen some weird tweets today about about street fighter 5 and dark stalkers but i don't know if you saw some of these things but no uh, anyways okay but uh yeah so uh i think um uh yeah dark stalkers would be one that i would really like to bring back another game that you know if i had the option of trying to make i would love to make a new uh uh er kung fu okay <laughs> i would like to make a modern er kung fu i think that would be kind of sick so 
What about you? What about you? What what would you what what dormant fighting game would you like to see come back? The answer to this for sure. The, the actually correct answer is Marvel versus Capcom. <laughs> Ow! You cut that's me the in the heart deep, man. That's the answer. You cut me in the heart. Yeah, that's the answer. It's Marvel versus Capcom. Oh. Yeah, it's true. You're right. It, that's true. You're that's right. true. I mean, watching Reflex 10K the other weekend when they were playing Marvel 3, oh, so I just, good. it's so fun to watch. There's something so unique, and not just Marvel 3, but Marvel Infinite, Marvel 2. The movement in a Marvel game is just unlike everything else. Yeah. There's mm-hmm, just, mm-hmm. It's just its own category. And I I miss I miss that more than I miss any other individual thing about those games. I miss moving fast. I miss seeing people move fast. Even the characters. I mean, I I really like some of the characters. I really like some of what they do. It's the movement that I miss the most. So that's for me. That I think is is the answer. Is Marvel? Marvel has to come back. There has there should be a new Marvel. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, what would you say about, you know, do you just mean like a new Marvel style of game? Or are you just talking, like, would you be okay if it was a Capcom versus Capcom? Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, if it was, like, for example, TVC is a Marvel game, right? I mean, yeah, that's, yeah, it's, yeah, a, yeah. it's a Marvel subgenre for sure. In the same way that, like, you know, Battle for the Grid is, like, these are all the same subgenre of fighting games. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, Capcom making it, and, you know, we were talking about this before, but, like, instead of Hulk, you could have, like, Hard Man or Guts Man or whatever, <laughs> right? Like, whatever. Right. Just have the characters do whatever they functions. do. <laughs> whatever functions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's, uh, I think, I really think that's what should, what should come back. Yeah. Okay. I, I, that's a good answer. That's a good answer. However, uh, I do want to add an extra answer to that. <laughs> In that, okay. honestly, yes, I like the question asked and talked about. Having a resurgence for Virtua Fighter, I think, would be super, super amazing. Yes, uh, agreed. That's agreed. another one of those franchises that has just been, you know, obviously it's never been the biggest fighting game or anything like that. Like Tekken used to be huge, and so that yeah. Tekken 7 is back now is really cool. But Virtua yeah. Fighter is like the ultimate respected game, and I would hope that if they did, oh God, Nathan is walking through David. Um, if uh, if they did make a new version of uh, Virtua Fighter, that they would try to keep it at the kind of difficulty level that Virtua Fighter is known for. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I I think I think that's what I would want as well. So I mean, well, I guess we'll. We can just talk about it now. I mean, might as well, right? Uh, part of the game news was that Sega might have been teasing a new Virtua Fighter with a screenshot that they put up where there's like a kind of karate-looking guy. I don't know. <laughs> you like don't know who the karate-looking... You don't know who that is? Come on, David. No, I don't know anything about Sagata it. Sagata that is Sagata Sanshiro, who was uh, famous for those old Saturn commercials that he was in. He was the karate guy who was, like, punching the giant Saturn controller and everything like that. So, um, 
that's the only reason why that we might not know that uh, he that that it might not be a Virtua Fighter six T's. That it might just mean like, hey, we're bringing back Sagata Sanshiro or something like that. I see. Okay. But but I mean, there's a couple of things, right? One, who says? They can't turn him into a character in Virtua Fighter 6, which would be the most hardcore, awesome, amazing thing. The other problem that, that drives me nuts is that, you know, they teased it with six days to announcement, right? Uh-huh. Who does that? Who, who puts a teaser out six days and then the six that was written is written in a different font than everything else? The okay. six right. has this fancy font on it. Mm-hmm. So, so why, why would you do that? If I don't you... know. Does the number six uh, signify anything, maybe? Virtua Fighter 6? <laughs> maybe? Maybe. But, like, uh, the... Oh, God, the Saturn launch? The Saturn launch actually is what killed the Saturn launch. People in the chat are talking about uh, short notice. Uh, if you guys aren't actually aware, uh, the Sega Saturn was slated to come out on a certain day, and instead they released it earlier as a surprise, like, hey, you can get it now. But they only did that for certain stores. They only gave it to certain, uh, like, I think it was like Toys R Us and something else, and only certain, um, you know, uh, God, what is the word? Corporate franchises? No. Uh, Whatever. Only certain ones got the the console. So all the other stores were so mad that they took the sales from them that they banned sales of Sega Saturn stuff, which is why Sega Saturn stuff was actually harder to find. Like that wow. actually killed the Sega Saturn in that retailers. Thank you. Uh, th- that actually killed that hurt Sega Saturn a lot. And so that's just a little bit of that vi- story. Wow. That's a little bit of the video game lore there. But in any case, you know, you put the six on there, you make it look all fancy like that. The only the six is written all fancy. Now, if it is not Virtua Fighter Six, which mm. in my heart I have no belief that it's Virtua Fighter Six. No, actually, in my brain, <laughs> okay. my brain says there's no such thing as Virtua Fighter Six coming out. But my mm. heart obviously wants it. But the thing about it is, yeah. you look at that, and you're like, why would Sega put a karate guy in a silhouette with a different font six and say we're announcing something? Yeah. They would have to 100% know everybody's going to think it's Virtua Fighter 6. And Harada just started talking about it. Maybe Harada knew something, but okay. it's just like... They like if Harada just talked about it and then you put that out there and it has nothing to do with Virtual Fighter, like I feel like Sega's marketing team <laughs> needs to needs to be, you know, someone needs to go in there and like point the finger at them and be like, What the hell are you doing? For sure. <laughs> what the hey, hell uh, are you doing? I, I don't I, I don't know if you have the ability to like artificially put something up on the screen that doesn't actually that's not actually there, but if you can, can you put up the tweet that I linked in the yes uh, run of show, just so people can see what we're talking about here. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Cool. Here we go. So what I am going to do this, and uh, I'm going to have to... Oh, oh, dang, that was crazy looking. Um, let me see. How am I going to do this without destroying <laughs> David? <laughs> That's hilarious, uh, dude. How am I going to do this without destroying David here? Okay. 
I'm gonna have to destroy you for a second here. Whoa! Oh, that is crazy looking. Here, we'll do Davidception here. Like, oh god, no, no, we won't do Davidception. <laughs> oh no! That that did not work at all. That did not work at all. Okay, here we go. Okay, I I've got it. I've got it. I've got it figured out here. I've got it figured out. This is what they put out. Wow. Hey, there it is. Yep. There you go. This is what they put out. But look. Look at the six. Why would the six be written like that if the six wasn't significant? Mm-hmm. You could just write it as six days in any way that you'd want to. Mm-hmm. This obviously was on March 19th. This was five days ago. So theoretically, it should something whatever they're announcing should be being announced soon because right. that we're this is Japan time that we're talking ah, about. Ah, that's true. That's true. So there you go. There you go. So I don't know. What do you think? Um. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, I think I think there's a reasonable chance that it's Virtual Fighter. Why not? I mean, it's it's a, it's a great time for fighting games. A ton of new games are being released, and not just new ones, but like you know, Sam Show was just restarted recently, and it and it had good it had good uh, people liked it. Um, mm-hmm. And and why not Virtua Fighter? Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I I think I think it's I think it's totally plausible. Man, uh, you know. It, it... All of our fighting game franchises have come back in one way or another after this Street Fighter 4 kind of resurgence period, right? Yeah. And the only one that really I feel like hasn't come back is um is Virtua Fighter. Wasn't I feel like there was a release after SF4, right? It, it was not it wasn't like a new main series, but didn't they put an update out after SF4 came out? They might have, but I don't know if it was anything... Uh, oh, so VF5 Final Showdown was in 2012 is what people... It was in 2012. Yeah, okay, that's, okay, that's okay. what I thought. Yeah, yeah. But it was a revised one. It wasn't a brand new... Yeah, it wasn't a brand new like main series title. Right, like sure. a lot of the other games said, oh, let's, let's do the same thing as Street Fighter and start something completely brand new. You know, like, yeah. let's, let's bring a new game in there. So, But again... Yeah. I, I I know I'm setting myself up for disappointment. <laughs> I know I'm setting myself up for disappointment. So yeah. Well, I, I I'm I really think it's a reasonable idea, and while I wouldn't be surprised if it was something else, I wouldn't be too surprised. Mm-hmm. I also wouldn't be that surprised if it was Virtual Fighter. So I mean, I'm you know I played. Virtua Fighter a little bit. I wasn't a big fiend for it, but I played it because it was around. I would play it. I think I would. I would really give it a go. I, but I'm not. It wouldn't really get me down, right? If it turned that it wasn't not that it was not Virtua Fighter. If it was something else, I wouldn't be like really bummed. Mm-hmm. I would hope it would be, but yeah, I think I would. I'd be all right. <laughs> so maybe that's why I'm allowing myself to think that it actually might be because yeah. I like. I don't stand to lose like a lot. Right. I mean, <laughs> it's not real. I, I like Initial D Volvo's question because this is also a big topic too. But if it was Virtual Fighter, let's just say it is, yeah. could it even be successful today? Or would they have to simplify it a ton? Would they have to make it a lot easier to play? Because it is one of the more complicated fighting games 
I mean, you go through that tutorial that was in one of the VF games mm-hmm. on the PS2, and it was just like one of the craziest tutorials ever. You I know? remember. What? My cat is chasing its tail. Gosh. Yeah, I, I don't know if it needs to have 800 moves per character or whatever it was. It, it wasn't even that it was 800 moves per character. It's just the strategies used to defeat a lot of the mix-ups, you know. Yeah, yeah. Remember, like, yeah. you had to tech like four throws in the span of the tech window in order to be like really good you know it, it, it was more about that you know uh, they have simplified it a lot during the course of the five games that it's existed did they okay yeah they have yeah yeah uh so like even like ross is saying in the in the chat they took out all of those throw escapes in vf5 ah so, okay yeah <laughs> yeah i mean we've we've talked about this many times but I continue to think that the idea of simplifying fighting games is primarily like a PR move and marketing move. And it's a myth. Rather than yeah. like actually the reality of games getting dumber. Um, I don't think there's a lot of evidence that games are actually dumber. I think that's just what like the PR people think that they should say when they're marketing a new game. It's true. So I'm not, I'm not worried about it. Yeah. <sighs> Anyways, uh, you know... Uh... Would it sell well? I I, I doubt it. Yeah, I, that's a, that's a better question. I, I really. I, yeah, I wouldn't be too bullish on that, <laughs> to be honest. But then, didn't didn't Sam Show end up selling pretty well? Uh, or am I'm I wrong not about that? Sure, how well Sam Show ended up selling, but I think it sold. I think it sold much better than they expected it to. Yeah. You know. So I, I, I mean, I wouldn't have thought that there'd be a huge market for that. But then, if they're happy with it, then that's cool. And I, and that's about where I would expect Virtua Fighter to be. I wouldn't expect it to be like the biggest fighting game in the world, but yeah. I would expect it to. You know, it has its fans, and people would people would try it out. Sure. And and the hardest part is in this landscape that we have right now, where we do have so many amazing fighting games constantly coming out. Uh, I really do think Virtua Fighter would suffer, uh, especially mm. obviously in the Western audiences uh i'm sure japan would have its player base but i just don't think that america or europe would have it like it i just don't think it would have any play there unless it came out and said hey we have rollback (laughs) netcode okay yeah that could be quite a coup yeah yeah (laughs) oh man all right well yeah as long as sega's not bringing out my my and chunidem out here in the united states Sega can go and honk a dongle, frankly, is all I care. So, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> honk a dongle, wow. Yeah. Pretty explicit language, Jimmy. Yeah, Virtual Fighter was only guard, punch, and kick. Guard, punch, and kick, that's it. Yep. I was a wolf player, of course. Same here. Yep, yep. Please bring Chuna them and Mai Mai out to the United States. Please. Please. <laughs> So, do you want to answer any of the other ones here? You want to have the Ultra Gen pick? Yes, let's do an Ultra Gen pick. Uh, you want to do one each, basically. You pick one, and then uh, and then uh, I pick sure. one, basically. Sure. Okay. What do you What are you gonna pick? Mm. Let's see here. Well, I guess what I'd like to talk about is the question about preservation. So it's six. Okay, okay. With MK9 being pulled from Steam and Xbox Live and Marvel 2 being kind of hard to play, 
etc. Right? There's other examples of this. What should the FGC do to ensure game preservation? Uh, and I just would I just would address this I think more from the sort of practical and legal standpoints. And the legal one is that we don't really have very good ways to do that, legally speaking. <laughs> well, I mean, really, I mean, we, we can't, you know, infringing copyright and even patent in some cases um, is, is a real concern with that, with trying to uh, preserve stuff. Uh, and, that, and that's even been an issue for, for people who try to preserve, uh, you know, works that are not clearly owned by anybody, orphan works. Uh, so it's that that is definitely a, a big issue. So if we're going to make that happen, you know, there's two ways to do it, really. One is that you rely on the beneficence of the rights holder and just hope that they sort of put out a new version every couple of con you know, new console <laughs> generations, which is hard to just count on. And the other one is to uh, pirate it and figure out a way to crack things and, and basically to, you know, n not act legally, right? Extra legal ways of doing this, which are, which are copyright infringement uh, and which I would obviously never recommend. Uh, but those are, those are the ways. And that's not ideal. I, I wish yeah. that there were an explicit exception in copyright law for preservation. Um, that's... I mean, we we already saw it happen, right? You know. uh, even if Capcom wants to keep pushing new versions of Marvel versus Capcom out there for preservation, they don't have a choice. We saw that happen with MVC3, that it disappeared off the store, that the DLCs right. weren't allowed to be purchased anymore. I'm sure Capcom had absolutely nothing to do with that. <laughs> uh, that was probably all Marvel's decisions. So, you know, even if we wanted MVC2 or Marvel superheroes to come out on a collection I don't know if Capcom has that ability to make that happen. And so, right. yeah, really, honestly, the preservation of video games really is going to come down to uh, people holding on to systems and holding on to copies of the game. And maybe in the future, emulation, if people can perfect yeah. the emulation. Uh, or if something happens that, you know, uh, people just make a push for preservation, like, you know, like what, uh, you know... Uh, Frank Cafaldi's company is doing a uh, digital mm. eclipse. I think it is, you know, with Mega Man yep. and the Street Fighter games. Uh, the, the the only thing that makes me confident about that kind of situation is going to places like Japan and going to a Super Potato or going to Nakano Broadway. Like every game is there. It's crazy. The yeah. kind of stuff. I mean, when I introduced it to my best friend who went to Japan the first time, he was just like. I can't believe that all these old Nintendo games and all these like Game and Watch games were there. Sega Master oh, wow. System games were there. He was they, he was like, I can't believe that this store just has all of this. You know, right. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. So, um, but again, yeah, that's a great question. Actually, uh, Kumikones asks a great question: Is we can't we 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 don't even have a way to preserve the different seasons of Street Fighter Five right now. <laughs> yep, that's true. You know, fortunately for for Street Fighter Four, they released the version select at one point in time so that we could right. mimic it. Uh, hopefully, they do the same thing for Street Fighter Five. You know, when it gets to the very end, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, we're just really. I mean, like I said, one of the ways to go about this is just to hope that the rights holder does the nice thing, and and hopefully they do. Yeah. But 
We don't really have great ways to compel them. Yeah. Otherwise, I, I, in my opinion, it's going to be an underground thing, and it's it's always yeah. going to be an underground thing. People are going to find a way to make the emulators and then store the ROMs, and that's going to be our best way. Digital preservation by turning the the physical games and machines into applications, emulators, and ROMs. I mean, I have a, a giant zip, I think, of Atari Twenty Six Hundred. And like almost every game that was officially released for it, you know, in a zip file. <laughs> and it's surprisingly really small. <laughs> but, uh, you know, yeah, I, bet. I mean, that's going to be one of the only ways that you can preserve it. And because and, and no one else, like Atari has no interest in trying to preserve this stuff right now. So, yeah. Well, all right. <laughs> what about you? What's your pick here? Uh, what's that? What's your pick? What question do you oh, pick? Oh, that's right. My question. Okay. Uh, let's see here. It was top three. <laughs> top three worst matches in history. That's an interesting one. You know what? Let's do that one. Let's do that one. Okay. Top three worst matchups in fighting game history. Three worst matchups ever. Okay. Ever. You go first, David. Okay, they're probably all Tager versus other characters in the original Blaze Blue. <laughs> <laughs> probably okay. three of them. Uh, I, 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 can, I can feel that one. I can feel yeah, that one. Uh, <laughs> it's probably like him versus like Carl and New and uh, Take your I mean, pick. God, there's a bunch of bad ones. Maybe Arakune. I mean, they were really. <laughs> oh bad. yeah, Arakune for sure. <laughs> they were really bad matches. Oh man. Uh, for me, I mean, <laughs> just to be selfish, I mean, two of them involve Cami and Super Turbo, in my opinion. I mm. do think Honda versus Cami is one of the worst ones ever. And then probably Cammy versus T Hawk might be another really terrible matchup. Right. Yeah. Before the other direction. Uh, yeah. Although I will say that the 100% I think worst matchup in the history of fighting games was version one Street Fighter Two World Warrior Zangief versus Honda is the absolute worst matchup in history because round one fight Zangief was an SPD range. And uh, remember, he didn't bounce anywhere, and Honda's only uppercut was his headbutt. And so you could go round one, fight, huh, grab him. You didn't bounce away, you get a free cross-up, and then you would kill his headbutt, and then he couldn't get away from the next spinning pile driver tick, and then you just did that, and he died. And that was it. So I think that's probably the worst matchup. I've never seen it played out that way because by the time any of us were good enough to know how to do a lot of that stuff, uh, the version was gone. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, probably we only saw, like maybe only Japan saw some of that or something like that. But yeah, for sure it didn't uh, didn't happen. So. As far as more modern games go, I, I think that there's just not a lot to choose from. It's games today are more balanced, which yeah. is great. I mean, I was and telling And that's them... not to say that they're all... Not every matchup is balanced. There are bad matchups still, of course, but it's just really rare to have characters that are, like, really underpowered yeah. and characters that are really overpowered. That doesn't happen very often. I mean, okay, I... SF4 Vanilla Seth versus Geef is maybe 
the worst of the modern era of of uh, Street Fighter games. I mean, I, mean it's... I don't I don't know if it's that bad. It's not like you're going to get triple perfected or anything like that, or quadruple <laughs> yeah, perfected right, right. or something like it's that. It's up there. So. But around that same time that that was being played, that I was playing Vanilla Geef versus Seth, right. I was also playing Taker versus these other characters in Blaze Blue, <laughs> and it, it was worse. It was worse. I mean, I even told the story. I even told the story in the article that I just put up about you know Maury laughing about you know Breaker Dave getting coconoid to death. Right. Right. <laughs> Back in the day, developers just didn't care. They didn't care about balance. And if it was a lore thing, then it was a lore thing. You know, they would make a character really powerful based off of lore, and that was it. I mean, we had a two-frame full-screen overhead super that was safe on block. You know, with Superman. Right. So. <laughs> wasn't a good idea so you know uh back then people didn't care but you know nowadays you you can't do that anymore and and people don't even understand like the bad matchups that people complain about nowadays are so winnable (laughs) right comparatively yeah 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 i hear all the time people talk about i mean we talk about matchups so differently nowadays Mm -hmm. Nowadays, people will talk about 6-4 as being the bad matchup because <laughs> the context of what a really bad matchup is, I think, uh-huh. has been basically lost, which is good. I mean, it, I don't want bad matchups to come back. I, it's not that everybody needs to know how bad it used to be, right? They shouldn't. We should just move on from that. But I think it's a sign that people don't know. <laughs> There's like, yep. if, you're, if your whole sort of fear of what the potential bad matchups can be is basically like 6-4 to 4-6, right? That's like your language. <laughs> Then, then you don't, you are, you don't have the need for more descriptive language than that, right? <laughs> right. Isn't that kind of what it what it implies? So we used to talk about matchups being nine one and and eight two, and those were definitely rare. But there it was, was a, a clear feeling, yeah, of difference between something that was eight two and something that was six four. It was a quite obvious difference that yeah. nowadays just isn't quite as common, yeah, which well, is good. When people talk about 6-4 now, it's like, oh, God, this fight sucks. It's like 4-6. Whereas back when we were talking about ST, 6-4, 4-6 meant, yeah, it's a pretty even fight. Just one of them has a slight advantage over the other one, right? Absolutely. And I mean, that's why... I'm always afraid because I'm still in the old school mindset. So I just described, for example, a matchup in Street Fighter V that might be 7-3. And I probably, to normal people, make it think that I'm thinking it sounds so terrible. But that just to me means, yeah, you can win it, obviously, but it's hard. It's very hard, you know? Yeah, Yeah, I think part of it is, is a cultural change, too. It's not just the fact that games are more balanced in reality it's also that for whatever reason people don't want to describe matchups as being worse than that uh, so there's there's more going on but the fact that people feel that they can basically get by without having to use terms like eight to is a sign of of you know mm-hmm. how how well balanced things are yep exactly so. anyway yeah most new games don't have that kind of stuff i think you basically have to look in now the Two decades in the past, in the twenty, in the two thousands, is probably the last decade that you'll find matchups that were really that bad. <laughs> Which at is at least so in individual weird. games. Like I'm thinking of like, like mainstream games. Like, you right. know, Doom should like never lose to Haunt to uh, to uh, to uh, Hagar. Right. Yeah. Just, like and, solo and, Hagar should just never make a comeback. And not but, only that, but I mean, obviously there are joke characters. Yeah. Like we're not going to talk about Fat Mega Man or whatever like that. That doesn't count. 
obviously there's some characters that are designed to be terrible. You know yeah. that, that there's no expectations of them winning. So Makoto, where's Makoto and Q on this list? It's it was a bad matchup, and it was one of the worst matchups in that game. But I would say that a game that has a parry is just like ultimately not going to be as terrible in matchups as yes. That game has that game has very uneven matchups for sure. But it's not going to be as bad as a situation like in Tager versus those characters where. He's just like he doesn't have a dash. He, there's no parry. He's just like slowly moving. He has to jump, and then they anti-air. And he maybe he air blocks, but he gets pushed back to the same position he was in before. There's just <laughs> having a parry is just a a stopgap. Right. That's not perfect, but like at least allows a little bit more in mm-hmm. terms of player activity than. than I, I mean, stuff. if you're amazing at parrying, you're gonna be able to beat people. But yeah. the, uh, the, the, the factor is that you can do that with any character, and so right. you might as well do that with the ones that are better. But as you were mentioning, <laughs> because you have that option and it's a universal mechanic, you can at least do something to win. You know, There was that one fight between, um, who was the Hugo player? Uh, y, y, oh God, YSB? What's that? Yeah, YSB y- versus the Remy. And he does the most amazing comeback on him by pairing like 700 sonic booms in a row. And then like pairing a... It was like a really famous match back in the day. And he just literally parried everything, even though he had no health. And it was dumb. Like, it was crazy that he managed to win that. Well, there you go. Okay. All right. All right. Go to the next topic then. Sure, what's going on otherwise? Oh, a lot of games. Oh, hang on. You cut out there for a second, David? Well, I mean, I'm sorry. You just stopped talking. Your mouth kept moving, but you just decided to be silent all of a sudden. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm, you know, there's there's a flu going around, if you recall. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, you want to get to game news now? Yes, let's do game news. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. We talked about Strive already. Yes. Let's talk about Tekken 7, in which... Fakumaram is now available, and also there's a balance patch. Yes, uh, I have not had a chance to uh, mess with Fakumaram, not yet. Uh, But I've heard a lot of people talk about him, and they all seem to really like him. I don't have Mm -hmm. any pulse on whether he feels like he's super good or not, but one thing that I saw was that people said he has very satisfying buttons. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, when he hits you, it feels good, you know, that Mm. kind of thing. So... Well, just from my initial viewing of Twitter, which is my only knowledge on this, it didn't seem like anybody had any concerns that it was like Leroy. Yeah. (laughs) Leroy (laughs) is the new standard. He's not Leroy. (laughs) Not Leroy. I mean, some people in the chat right now are saying that he's good. I mean, again, not a shock. Tekken, again, is one of those games that's designed in a way that because the systems are so strong that I feel like like any character can win. I mean, obviously, we saw a panda win Tekken World Tour, right? Mm-hmm. So as long as you're good, you can definitely win outside of the Leroy uh, kind of situation. Although some people are saying now that Mishima's might be too powerful and in uh-huh. fact, uh, one of those people was actually Arslan Ash, who had a really kind of pointed uh, tweet about that. I don't know if you saw that. 
I did not see that. Yeah, he, he put out a tweet that he said he's very concerned about the way that Nam, Bandai Namco patches and balances their game. It seems huh. like all they do is balance it to so that one character becomes too strong, and then they wait for that character to win a tournament, and then they nerf him to mm. basically non-existence. And he was like, stop that. <laughs> You know, listen to what the the people are saying. And again, you know, uh, in the conversation that I was having with people on my chat, uh, they were saying like, you know, Bandai Namco kind of does it through empirical data, through tournament results, through who's winning. And, you know, when Mm -hmm. someone wins in a tournament, everybody starts playing that character online. That's just what happens. And two, I keep saying that you can't balance off of empirical data, even from online data, because it's so inaccurate. Because a lot of the times the best players won't use the best characters. And a lot of times the not best players will use the best characters because they want to win. And so mm-hmm. you will have a skewed viewing of how powerful this character is because they're going to lose a lot more than they really should. You know, the, the, there's just so many extra factors that ruin online empirical data that you can't yeah. trust it, in my opinion. You know, everyone's going to play Ryu because they knew Ryu from the old games and he's terrible, but maybe that increases his win percentage because everybody's using him, you know, and it's kind of one of those situations and you got to have a good pulse on the community. Now, you can't go too far and create Season 1 Street Fighter V based off of Street Fighter Four feedback, but you need to have that balance, and you can't do it only on just looking at online results. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <sighs> but, yeah, I mean, so right now, the, the, the big gripe right now is that Mishima's uh, electrics recover much faster on whiff now so that if you crouch them like a lot of characters can't launch it in time like you can high crush it and try to launch it they just recover and block and so you might be able to uh punch you might be able to hit them with smaller moves but you don't get the crazy punishment the weakness of the electrics were supposed to be that you could crouch them and punish them, but now they recover so fast on whiff that, uh, like, I saw a video of a clip of someone watching at whiff and trying to hop kick it, and they just couldn't hop kick it in time. So Wow, okay. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, we'll see if that happens. And now a lot of people are expecting Mishimas to start dominating at tournaments huh. at this point. So. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, Shankar in the chat says that Harada loves his Mishimas. People kind of forget about that lore. And that's going back to that whole concept of a lot of times they like to, you know, that that maybe balance isn't as much of a concern, you know. Not sure. I don't think that's where they are anymore. Yeah. I'm sure they, I'm sure they're concerned with it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Another game that had a balanced patch, it turns out. Yeah, but, well, but just, just to finish that, I mean, uh, Kaiser Ken says that people didn't know how strong Akuma was, but then Pakistan came out, and Hawaii's Honey beat everybody, and that's something that Arslan Ash said. He was like, they left Akuma. People have been complaining about Akuma. They didn't do anything to him. Then Hawaii's Honey wins a tournament, and then mm-hmm. suddenly he gets nerfed almost instantly. Uh, so right. he basically was complaining that it feels like they just wait for people to win tournaments, and then they nerf them. So. Mm-hmm. Anyways, continue on what you were saying. Sorry. Oh, I was just saying that another game that had a balance patch, it turns out that was Street Fighter V. 
Uh, Didn't expect it exactly. So Street Fighter V had a scheduled downtime today for a patch that was supposed to have addressed the matchmaking. And before we get into the that itself, it turns out that there was also a balance patch involved that um, we didn't have any indication was going to be coming. Now, it's mostly just to fix hitboxes. Inward hitboxes. Yeah, exactly. So that's that was the biggest part of it. So the changes that most characters who got changes were just that. That is to say, making it so that the hitboxes of moves start closer to the actual character itself. Right, the character who's attacking, the hitbox will start like right next to it, or even inside it, rather than you know a little bit further away. And this right. is just to address the rare, as far as I can tell, phenomenon of a move when done at point blank actually whiffing behind an opponent. Right. Um, I feel like that was very rare. That didn't happen very often. Yeah. But uh, you know, I if the, if they thought that was a problem, then that's nice. I mean, you know, that's cool. I guess fix it up. Why not? Yeah, that but was along with the... that. There were also a few changes to some of the characters. So Abigail got slightly nerfed on some of his combos. But um, but here's he, the thing. Here's the thing, though. Sorry, Kitty. I scared her when I went. But uh, I mean, one of the things is uh, the patch notes. If you look at the patch notes, they're clearly not the full description because there's yeah. a lot of other things that people are finding that got changed. Uh, yeah. Like they didn't list anything about Abigail not being able to do three lights into the EX Abigail. I don't even right. think they talked about the EX run uh, now not comboing anymore. No, it, it, it did it did mention that, but they didn't, with with respect to the three lights into EX not working, they said that Crouching Short has more pushback on block, but it also has more pushback on hit, which right. is why the combo doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. So that is still... It's still out there, right? Even it, even though it's not listed, and so that makes me wonder, what else did they either mislist? Maybe that was supposed to have said it just has more pushback, right? Mm-hmm. Rather than just on block. What else was misprinted? What else just wasn't covered in that patch? I'm not sure. Um, well, I tested some of the characters that I care about and know about, and they all seemed exactly the same. But uh, yeah, who knows for sure? The one thing I will add, though, is that um, uh, what is his name? Why W Y W Y D D Loic has already put all of the diffs online, so okay. you can actually go through all the characters on his uh, site. Which is uh, his site being uh, sfvsim.com. So you just mm-hmm. go there, go to the menu. There's the SF diffs. You can click on click on the patches and go see what the changes are. So of course I ran to Lucia to see if she got any cool stealth buffs or anything like that. Because the notes yeah. only said she got changes to her V skill too. So I scrolled through the whole entire thing, and the only changes she got was through her V skill too. Oh, yeah, they were right about it? Yeah, I was really sad. <laughs> uh, well, okay. Uh, so, like I said, Abigail slightly nerfed. Some of his combos are a little bit worse. But then some buffs were there for Falk, Gil, Sagat, Sakura, a couple other characters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nothing nothing huge, I wouldn't say. Alex got a slight buff. I mean, Falk having her standing heavy kick hit crouchers was... Pretty nice. Yeah, it's good. Uh, the it's site, good. What, Grinning Oni, the site is sfvsim.com. sfvsim.com. And on the top of the menu, you'll see uh, SFV diff on the right side. You click on that, you click on a character, and then you click on the uh, 
uh, you'll see the list and you'll see the 5.020 March patch. You click on that. It's a very technical site. If you see something is highlighted, that means it got a change and it's hard to tell what the change is necessarily. Uh, yeah. I, I, they'll probably uh, take some time to sit down and articulate what the changes mean uh, after a while, but this is just a way to get a quick glance at what has changed. Another little buff, I'm sorry, a little nerf was for Guile. Maybe more than a little nerf. Visco 2 definitely got nerfed, for sure. But yeah, again, this, tip, this is mostly not super important stuff. I think some of the things like Falk maybe is important. Sagat has a change. I mean, there's it's not nothing for those characters, but it's not like a major balance patch or anything. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, as far as the matchmaking goes, so... They, on Twitter, put up a tweet on their Street Fighter account. And if you click the link on that, there's a very in-depth discussion with exactly oh. what changed to matchmaking conditions for ranked and casual play. I, I mean, it's super in-depth, dude. I... They get into where you know individual things are installed on your computer, and they talk about the actual ports, which ports need to be open. Like, it's very in-depth. Whoa, um, okay, okay. Yeah, it's great. So this, I think, must be a reaction to everybody else's reaction after the last change to the netcode. Uh, yeah, you think? <laughs> right, because, of course, last time when they improved the netcode, when they made changes to the netcode, they just had some dude tweet that they made some changes and it was very vague and none of us knew what that meant and we assumed that they didn't actually change anything important. And so some, then it you know, turned out that, to... okay, they had done some stuff, and there's actually some changes in there. But initially, that was very unclear, and so we all leapt to the conclusion that nothing important was done, which was a conclusion, uh, you know, that was the sort of culmination of a decade of assery, of screwing things up. Uh, it was not at all uncalled for. Um, so this time, I, I like that they are being very upfront with the changes, extremely communicative, almost to the point of being, you know, too much information. But I'd much rather that they err on that side of things yeah. than on the side of just a vague offhanded tweet. Now, you said this was on the Street Fighter uh, Twitter? Yeah, twitter.com slash Street Fighter. Let's see. A new adjustments to matchmaking conditions. Game.capcom. Oh, yeah, here we go. So here we go. There's all this stuff over here. Yeah. Uh, people are requesting to put this on stream, so I'm going to do that right oh, now. Oh, sure. Okay. So we'll see stuff like so. And again, we're going to get a little bit of Davidception over here until I can move this out of the way. <laughs> You're just going to get it on screen, huh? So I played online only twice after this was updated. I went through all the casts and just to see what was what was new about them. I played online only twice, and my connections felt the same. I didn't notice a difference. I was playing on PS4, which I typically get worse connections on than when I play on PC, mm -hmm. and it felt the same. Now, the changes were not to make the actual connections themselves better. Right. right? That's not what this This is about matchmaking so that your connection will be better in the first place. Right? That you'll be playing against somebody who you should have a better connection with rather than the like underlying mechanics of how the connections work being any different. But my matchmaking, I guess, in at least those two times 
just resulted in the same kind of feeling that it resulted in before. That's only twice. You know, it's hard to have any real conclusions about it after just a small sample size like that. But um, my initial experience was not very different. I mean, how has your experience been overall since since the the patch? You know. Yeah, I I hesitate to say that it's much of an improvement. That's why I self-corrected a little ago to say that it was a chain. <laughs> Netcode. Right. Yeah, it's better in some ways. It's it's okay, but I do feel that my PS4 connections are shakier now than they were before. I feel that when I'm playing on PS4, things are actually worse. And some of my friends I've been playing with, as we've all been sequestered, who live in L.A., I now have worse connections against than I did before. Ugh. So, uh, I don't know. And I, I played against Mono recently. He's in Puerto Rico. I'm in California. Quite a far distance, several thousand miles. But it's exactly the same as it was before, right? Yeah. There's no there's no difference in how it feels in terms of how our connection is. So, yeah, I mean, I guess they changed some stuff. It just doesn't feel like it was very significant. Right. Yeah, and in some cases, for me at least, it was degraded. Yeah, for me, I mean, it feels mostly the same. Uh, I still keep getting bad matchups here and there, and you know, and I get some decent ones. And I'll tell you this right now: every single time I play and I run into a Nash, it's always a bad connection. Is did you, do you run into this too? Every Nashes Nash are I, bad connections. Every Nash I play has a bad connection. Like it's, it's, <laughs> no, it's, I don't think. I, I mean, maybe it's that. a platinum gold thing, you know. Maybe it's a platinum gold thing, but I swear, every time I play Nash, it's a bad connection, and I get hit That's by hilarious. ninety sweeps. So no, I I didn't run into that. But when I played today, I did. I was in gold. I was on my PS4 account, which is still in gold, mm -hmm. and I haven't played in gold in a long time in my main account. And one of my matches was against a Ken player, the classic classic ken player right a little <laughs> laggy random ex uppercuts random tatsus you know yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah you've yeah, played yeah. against them a oh, million yeah times. of course uh -huh, uh -huh. of course so that that was a that was an experience and just sort of getting taken back to like what you have to do to beat <laughs> players <laughs> do that kind of stuff. Oh, <laughs> bad connections uh so i lost i lost the first game uh, and then i was like i like thought about it and i was like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> just like transport myself back to when I needed to deal with that. <laughs> there are barbarians in gold, James. I'm so glad that I got out of that. Still working my way out. <laughs> no, it's I'm... tough. It's tough, honestly, to to get to get past that. I had this experience. I've talked with many people who also who also have. Once you get past gold, you're on the fast track through platinum. <laughs> like, once, I mean, I've once gotten... you get in there. And people are sort of playing normally and rationally. You can you can beat that, and now no, you're in diamond. See, you just the problem is it. now it's changed since probably the last time you were there. Platinum has actually kind of become the new gold. Is that so? Yeah. Okay. Uh -huh. I play. People I mean, that's where I'm at right now. I'm at platinum, and you will get some crazy people there. And it's like kind of awesome. shifted. People have gotten good enough. And, and that's what, that made me realize that I can't get mad at those Ken players or Nash players. I can't get yeah. mad at the way they play because they are learning Street Fighter V exactly how they, they're learning the correct things given right. their net connection, right? So they're sure. playing optimally and they're doing, making the right choices, overhead, sweep, whatever, because people can't punish it. And so they've gotten their way to platinum now. <laughs> A lot of these players are actually in platinum now. So I'm in that section right now where I'll get to like 
you know, pretty decent in platinum, and then I'll fall all the way back out just because, uh, yeah, you just run into the wrong matchups in a row. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully this matchmaking connection change, matchmaking improvement, I should say, does help people. I mean, I, yeah. I, I hope that it does. I've only had a little bit of experience, but I hope that, you know, in the main that it will be helpful. Another set of news for Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, where Cerise's trailer was shown. He comes out on April 7th. Uh, Did you see him? I didn't see the trailer, but I've uh, looked oh, at dude. some of the stuff. I've, re I've read about some of the stuff. I saw that he had his, his unique skill. Looks like it's a Zangief V skill, where he yeah, like, it's, absorbs it's hits body. and hits you back. And then that changes like how strong his supers are, or something to that effect. Um, you should watch it, man. The first thing that it does is zoom in on his. Dog. Oh yeah, really? Yeah, dude, I yep. can't believe that you just censored yourself like that, David. Like, I all I heard was, and then all of a sudden you just cut off your own sound like that. So it's something I've been working on. It's not easy to do, but <laughs> I did it this time. And let me know in the chat if you thought that it was effective. Yeah, that was really impressive, dude. But that's Thanks, that's hilarious, dude. That's uh, that's. I appreciate that's awesome. it. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I've been, it's been a lot of work. Uh, it's Brian Lowell in the chat. Just put the oh, link. Oh, put the trailer there. Yeah, nice. Okay. I'll check that out later on. So. Uh, in fact, it's a link to a soundtrack, it sounds like. Um, but in the run of show, I put a, I put a link to okay. the actual trailer okay. itself. Yeah, I mean, uh, and I'll put we'll that at, in the chat here. I'll look at it afterwards, so because I mean, I, there's no unless people want me to play it on this. No, thing. I'm just I'm just gonna put it in the chat. It's okay. 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 <laughs> people can check it out if they if they are interested. I mean, he looks great. It's just I don't know anything about the character or the lore or whatever, but he uh, is just animated so well. <laughs> it just looks awesome. I mean, the we'll see only reason why I don't necessarily want to do it right now right now is just because obviously it's kind of hard for me to, to to set this up um oh it's okay don't don't worry about it okay don't worry fair enough more game news like I said there was a lot what else you got Mortal Kombat 9 we mentioned this briefly but it's no longer available sale digitally on Steam or Xbox 360 and the base version of the game is no longer available on PlayStation 3, although you can still get the full version of it. Uh, however, on PS3, the online multiplayer servers are shut down. And and really, I mean, people have been playing MK9 this entire time. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean... I'm serious. I mean, there's there has still been a scene this whole time. People are still playing Injustice 1. People are still playing MKX. A lot of people are still Dude, playing MKX. When we went um, to... Uh, MK9 still had a scene. When we went to Game Over in the Dominican Republic, they were playing the hell out of 9 and Injustice 1. Mm -hmm. Like, that actually kind of sucks for them. Because yeah, they were still playing that a lot. I, I don't know. People in the chat are asking why this is the case. I don't know. I didn't see any explanation for it. I only saw people speculating about legal issues or whatever. I don't know if anything is true. I, I wouldn't want to give that credence. Just speculation. Um, as far as any official reason, I haven't heard anything. Right. Obviously, you could still play it offline, but you just won't oh, be able to play it online anymore. So that's a weird one because I mean, it's not like Mortal Kombat. I mean, outside of like maybe what Jason as a character in that game, um, Freddy. Freddy's was, in MK9. Oh, was Freddy in there? Okay, yeah. Outside of, like, those characters, I can't see why that would happen, but, I mean, that's interesting, though, because 
that's a factor I didn't even think about. And, uh, you know, Shankar, someone, Shankar in the chat said, that's why I hate guest characters. And I was like, huh, interesting. I never thought about that, you know. It could be Fred. That's right. Jason wasn't in that. It was Freddy was in that one. That's right. Jason, yeah, Jason was, in, was in MKX. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason X. I'll have to remember that one. So where Jason goes into space. So, Well, again, I don't know the exact reason for it, but that does suck. That's a bummer. Um, more news for Samurai Showdown. Oh, this is good news? Question mark? No. <laughs> it's coming to the Epic Game Store in spring 2020. People assume that this is an exclusive deal because, I mean, that's kind of, that's what uh, Epic Game Store does sometimes. And in addition, oh, there's no, there's no Steam page. And then there's also that tweet that I don't even know what the source is, but a lot of people were retweeting it where essentially the thrust of it is that the uh, SNK CEO was confronted with the ability to have a... Uh, PC download platform that wanted an exclusive release of right. Samurai Showdown, um, and you know I don't know I don't know how that was resolved really, but I guess the implication is that that exclusive release is on the Epic Game Store. Yeah, I mean it was probably one of those things where it was like, here, here, take this money and it'll be exclusive. Uh, Google came and said, no, actually we'll give you this much money, and they're like, oh okay, and they took the Stadia money. And then now, now that that actually probably passed through, maybe that expired, and they're like, now we can release it to Steam. And then they're like, hey, here's some more money. And they're like, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe they're just worried yeah, that the game isn't going to sell as well on Steam, so they're just or just on PC in general. Because, I mean, right now, the Samurai Showdown community is actually quite frustrated. I've seen a yeah. lot of people say that they are just going to stop playing it because... You know, season two started. Mina is season two. There were no system changes, no gameplay changes. Like, it just feels like another season of characters, and the netcode is still really bad. And now right. you're throwing everything on the Epic platform instead of on Steam. And so no one will probably buy it there either. I don't know. I feel like somehow they're just mm -hmm. like, Maybe S and K themselves are just like, ah, oh, we're probably not going to make any more money on this. So let's just take the money from Epic Games, you know, or something. And it's, is there a feeling in the community that there need to be like system wide changes or anything? Uh, I mean, people would like to have seen some stuff, you know. Okay. I mean, it's just it's it's always a good way to inject life into a game, you know, to 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 huh. to kind of change stuff up a little bit. So, um, okay, yeah. Well, I, yeah, it's it. it Right, so the Epic Game Store, some people don't like to use it. Uh, they've had privacy issues in the past, and um, I don't know about... Do you have an account on there? I don't know if you've ever made one. On which one, Steam? Uh, no, for Epic. Uh, I didn't even know an Epic Game Store existed until this story. Fair enough. So I made one, and like all the time I get emails from <laughs> the Epic... Uh, from Epic. That's like, hey, did you try to log in from like Guangzhou, or hey, oh, did you no. try to log in? <laughs> but, yeah, did you try to log in from like Mumbai? And I, that happens. That happens all the time. Um, and I don't get that from Steam almost ever. So I don't know what the difference is in there. But that's that's happening constantly for oh, me. No. So so people don't want to use that. And and in addition to that, they've. Um, 
they have gotten exclusivity for some games that has really pissed off people that there's you know an exclusive platform um their position is that that's basically what they need to do in order to get people to go to their platform instead of to steam uh that they sort of need to need that exclusivity as the old you know reason people would even look at look them up um but as a result they've they've pissed a lot of people off so well there it's you not go. going super well for them that's for sure <laughs> uh what is that uh, name there? It's cut off on my TV here. Rusticated Charm says that Epic Games is 49% Chinese owned. So that will explain why it's, you know, trying to get hacked all the time. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Tencent owns it, huh? Tencent really own all that? Oh, well. Uh. <sighs> but yeah, it's, it's sad yeah. for Samurai Showdown. It's... It's kind of a frustrating situation. You know, all of us who play the game, we love the game. We want to keep supporting it. We want to keep playing it. But they make it hard. They definitely make it hard. So, Well, that's all I got for game news. Okay. Anything else you wanted to say about Samurai Showdown or no? No, no nothing else to add to that. All right. Just brief community news. Um, in good news, Sonic Fox and To Kill Sage are on Evil Geniuses now. That's pretty cool. Yes, what a signing! I mean, what a what a yeah. what a what a coup right there. I mean, I saw some yeah. people be like, "I didn't know no Evil Geniuses was still a thing," and you know, like clearly they are. I mean, they have presence. I yeah. mean, Chris G and uh, and Ricky Ortiz are still on EG, but you know, I feel like this is a a big thing for them. And and you know, to be oh, fair, yeah. Evil Geniuses, I feel like has been one of the more reliably stable uh, groups out there. In fact, you know, when they did the big because remember it was like partially owned by Twitch because Twitch owned something and then something mm-hmm. owned them or something like that. The game, yeah. Um. Uh, uh, they separated, and I remember when that happened, like, I remember because Ricky was one of the longest-term uh, members of EG, she got, like, part ownership of it or something like that to some degree. I remember hearing that as well. And in yeah. fact, last time I talked to her, she said that currently she holds the record for the longest player-to-organization, uh, like, like longevity like out of everybody like it was somebody else but then they left and now ricky has it so ricky has been with eg longer than i think almost anybody else's would been or she might be the number two longest or something like that so do you mean for any esports team or just for eg for esports wow yeah i guess that's not super surprising esports in that way is like 10 years old so there's it's not like a long potential, really. Yet. Sorry, sorry, Arcade Ghost. I tr- I gave up trying to explain. I was just, you know, biding my time to until I until I was able to, you know, just give yeah. up, basically. Nice work. So yeah. Nice work. Nice work. <laughs> yeah, EG was in trouble for a while. They kind of fell down. They lost a ton of people. They lost a ton of resources. But it was picked up by new people who from what I can tell, have been doing a really good job. They did change the classic EG logo, which I was a little disappointed about. But Oh, yeah? Okay. Just it's so, it's, well, it's just so rare in, in eSports to feel like anything is permanent enough that you, like, <laughs> get to know its logo for 10 years. But uh, I did for EG, at least. So the fact, I don't know, they, whatever. It's right, not that big right. of a deal. I just, uh, anyway, it does seem like they're they're really taking a step back up, which is great. And not just in fighting games, but in other stuff, too. So congrats to... 
Sonic Fox and To Kill Sage. And then in uh, other news, um, Wes Trulson passed away. Yeah, that one. Yeah, Wes Trulson. Uh, is a rough one here. I, I honestly did not know Wes that well personally, but he, yeah. I remember one Evo he showed up and they did super well in the Super Turbo tournament there. So much to the point that it was Wes and another player from the Midwest, I can't remember which one, uh, there was uh, an Evo pamphlet that was printed one year that was pretty unique at the time. And, you know, they were listing all the top players in all the different games and everything. And for Super Turbo, uh, one of the top players listed was Random White Guy because, uh, because of Wes and another and, and his friend from Midwest and, and stuff that would always come out and play really well. And uh, the, the thing that surprised me is I didn't realize how much of an impact Wes had on so many of the players in the Midwest. Uh, yeah. I saw Derek Daniels posting about it. I saw Floji-san uh, tweeting about it. I saw um, uh, Keats posting about yeah. it. Of course, Rick the Hado was tweeting about it. All of them were tweeting about it. These are all big names in the Midwest FGC from the old school days. And all of them were saying how much Wes was always super welcoming, how they were the, that he was the one that taught them Street Fighter. And, you know, right. and like flows, uh, I, I didn't see it, but, you know, from his tweets, it sounded like he streamed and talked about it and just basically couldn't stop crying. And he says, like, he doesn't right. cry about these kind of things a lot of the time. So. Um, it's, it's so hard to hear that happen. Yeah, I didn't know the guy personally, but, um, I certainly knew his name in a way that I think, you know, everybody who was around back then did. I had, I had heard of him from tournaments and, and he would post on SRK every now and then, and people would talk about him mm -hmm. on SRK and on, on Capcom sometimes. And and so you know I I knew who he was uh, as a player, and uh, and and didn't sort of keep up with him at all. But yeah, it, it it is true that lots of other people who are from the Midwest or spent time in the Midwest, uh, I I heard you know I saw I saw tweets from Mike Z about it and Humbag and and the people you mentioned and and a ton of different people um, from you know Minnesota, but also from as wide ranging as Illinois and and Michigan. So. He he had a he had a really big impact on the Midwest FGC. Uh, he was, uh, I believe, in his early mid forties, and you know had a family, and uh, unfortunately lost a battle with brain cancer. And uh, yeah, I mean that's that's a huge loss. <sighs> yeah, it's rough times. And um, I mean, I even yeah. Uh, it's tough. It's tough. You know, uh, a lot of these OG guys in the FGC, it's like I said, it's it's just one of those things when you're 20, when you're in your 20s. I, I, I say this from personal experience. When you're in your 20s, you feel like you're invincible. You feel like nothing can stop you. And then kind of uh, reality hits you and it really changes your perspective on things, you know. So, you know, sure. uh, obviously a lot of people are having you know, friends and family who are, have been affected by COVID and everything like that. And you see a lot of people writing about it. It's just, you know, make sure that you appreciate, you know, the loved ones that you do have in your life while, while they're still there. So, yeah. you know, for sure, for sure, uh, you know, it's, it sucks to hear this happening, uh, you know, to the Midwest FGC because it sounds like Wes was 
an integral part of that community out there. I, I hope that at some point, I just I don't want his name and the names of everybody who were integral in their scenes to to fade away permanently. Oh yeah, of course. Well, I don't really know how to make that happen. I mean, I what do you do? Write a book about it, maybe? But I mean, Super I Arcade I'll... tried to put up that wall at one point. Remember, they had the wall with all the people who had passed away in the community, right? And uh, that was something. But you know, there's been so many people in our scene who have passed away already that you know a lot of people have forgotten. I mean, I, you probably remember PSX 2000 from the SRK forums. Mm -hmm. That was many years ago already. And because he was so prominent on the SRK forums, he was part of the Hawaii scene. You know, a lot of people don't even remember names like that. You know, there's so right. many of them out there. And, you know, we probably should try to do something about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at least for now, I mean, we can talk about it and and tell people about what they did. Again, I neither of us knew Wes. I think in a way that we could really talk about it for him. But for for the other people who have who have passed, yeah, I think it's been important that we talk about them and that we you know help the pe generation of people who didn't know them to at least know a little bit about you know what came before and who influenced us and. Uh, who influenced, I mean, as you said, the list of people you were just talking about. I mean, those are some of the biggest tournament organizers, game developers, right, streamers that yeah. we have in the scene and, and have for many, many years. And they were all influenced by this one guy who had a huge impact on their lives. Uh, that's, I think that the stories like that are really important to keep going. Yeah. But again, shout-outs to the Midwest scene and, you know... Um... Also, thoughts and thoughts and everything to uh, Wes's family and yep. friends as well. So, uh, you have anything else to add to that, David? Or nope, and I don't think I have any other topics either. Okay. Um. Thanks, man. Yeah, no problem, dude. No problem. Uh, I don't really have much else, I guess, to add at this point. Like I said, uh, I do have a couple of podcast uh, projects coming up. Uh, a a Teppen thing that I'm planning to do pretty soon that hopefully can get announced very soon. Uh, with other fighting game player people, too, which is really cool. Um, nice. Also, um... Uh, I put out a video on our YouTube just basically asking about the content that, you know, we've been creating, that I've been creating, like First Attack and stuff, asking for feedback. So if you want to offer any feedback on all the stuff that, you know, I've been putting out recently, just let me know. So, but... Uh, uh, I played in a an online tournament for Mortal Kombat oh, that's on right. Sunday. Yeah, yeah, how'd that go? Uh, it was cool, man. Um... I streamed it and it was cool. I, you know, I have a lot more to learn and get better at, uh, and and included in among that is not just at the game itself, but like how to how to manage stream nerves. It's very weird. I mean, here I was in my apartment, um, uh, and I was streaming on my own stream. But in addition, when I was on the main stream where you know, Aquaman and Romanova were commentating, I felt like extra nerves. It's like silly, <laughs> right? But, but I, I, I felt, so I need, I need to overcome that as well. But yeah, it was, it was good. Um, I got 65th out of 302. Uh, so I guess that's all right. Yeah. And 
watching it was cool. I mean, they got a couple thousand people watching it yet again, and that was just to make, I think, to the top eight, and I believe the top eight is either tomorrow or Thursday. I forget which day oh, they're cool. doing it. But okay. Yeah, I mean, that, that online series seems like it's going really well. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so Serpa did remind me there that... Uh... Oh, yeah, I first thought that it was 17th out of 302, but it turns out that it was 17th in my pool, and the pools were one quarter of the overall entrance. Um, so I just misread it. <laughs> Dude, I but, mean, it's it's so true, though. But, I mean, so, David, what you were saying about when you were playing and you got nervous because you were on the stream or whatever, that's yeah. basically just me whenever I play online and I'm streaming myself. It's, it's one of the reasons why I play so badly, too. I mean, it yeah. happened in tournaments, too. I would always win, 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 yeah. win, win, win. Then my match was streamed and I'd lose, and then my match would stream and I'd lose. Like, every single time at a Wednesday night I hear you. Fight. I hear you. Every yeah, single but time. But it, it's an important skill to relearn you know for sure yeah so i i gotta do that um as far as why so i said in public that i got 17 uh i i said that because when i looked at the list of the 17 there was like coach steve there and i think it was like honeybee like like super good players yeah right <laughs> so, so i was like well okay like obviously like this makes sense like these are people who i expect to be in this position mm-hmm. uh and uh and, like basics was there who made injustice finals but yeah, anyway, so I got sixty <laughs> fifth overall. But it was it was still good. I, I really enjoyed it and it was a it's good to, you know, see signs of progress but also to know a lot more that I could that I could still improve. Yeah. Okay. All right, man. Uh the one thing that I will add, like I said, Sir Serpa kinda reminded me of this. I've had two little small bright spots in the past week, uh, for me through random Twitter interactions. Uh, I accidentally tried to type in something as, you know, talking about Gran and Gran Blue Fantasy versus, mm-hmm. and I said Gran is, and it got uh, auto-corrected to Granis, which is the last name of a singer that I really liked named Kina Granis. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, that's pretty funny that it auto-corrected this to this, and I'm kind of happy of that because, and I tagged her, I was like, she's awesome. And then she responded to me with like a laughy face and some hearts. And I was like, oh my God, she responded to me. This is so cool. And then I That's awesome. tweeted back at her. I was like, yeah, I've been a fan of yours forever. Six years ago, you gave a free concert at the Universal City Walk. And I sent her pictures of, you know, uh, that I took while I was there. And she was like, oh my gosh, thank you for that. And so I was like, yay. And then uh, someone cool. actually retweeted that. Mingna Wen of Chun-Li mm. fame. Uh, said that she was like, I can't believe they have Tetris on TV during this situation. And so they right. showed the, the Ocho rebroadcasting of the Tetris class, the classic Tetris World Championships. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Kina, Kina Granis is, uh, was in Crazy Rich Asians. She was the singer who sang the, 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 the song Unchained Melody at the, at the wedding. That was her. Um, uh, but then, uh, you know, someone showed me that Ming-Na Wen tweet, and I just tweeted out. I was like, well, it's official now. Ming-Na Wen has actually listened to me commentate Tetris, which is right. funny that it wasn't Street Fighter, considering mm. she's Chun-Li, right? You know? Right, right, right. right. Uh, so I tweeted that, and she quote retweeted me onto her type timeline and was like, you guys killed it. I never knew there was so much in Tetris and asked me a question on how they play it, and if it was like even, and I got to, res- I responded to her, and I told her that you know That's I couldn't wait cute. for the next last season of Agents of Shield and all this stuff like that, and yeah, so I'm like, you don't understand. I was like, like 
I always call Michelle Yeoh and Ming Na Wen my. They're like my queens, you know. Like, okay, <laughs> I serve them basically because they they were some of the most important, you know, uh, Amer Asian American. Well, I mean, Michelle Yeoh, obviously not Asian American, but Ming Na Wen was one of the most important Asian American actresses to really kind of break into the. Uh, into the Hollywood scene, and so mm -hmm. you know she's really important, and she's she was Chun Li, <laughs> she right, was Chun Li, right. and now she's uh, now she's Melinda May on Agents of Shield, who is clearly like my favorite character on that show. So yeah, but it's it was, it was I seriously I'm in super fangirl mode. I was like, oh my That's god, awesome. it was so cool. It well, that's so very cool. cute. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Twitter is weird. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, All right, dude. Well, I uh, gotta be driving back soon. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You gotta head back pretty soon, right? So gotta head back. Yeah. Uh, are they? Is is the World Collides guys uh, actually doing like online events right now or anything like that? They did last week. Um, I have some other work to do tonight oh, so i'm okay. not going to be able to but okay. um yeah that's a good question david who would you it. who no if you would pick someone that you would actually fangirl over like that who would it be and i know it's going to be a very weird answer but i'm really curious about that what? so how would it be weird uh i don't know dude that's a hard one for me because I, I, it's hard for me to picture you fangirling over somebody. Okay, the closest that this has maybe ever happened, at least in times, is when uh, we met Tasteless at Evo Japan. This year, you mean? Yeah, when we met Tasteless, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. At, uh, at Evo Japan. And um, my reaction was, like, not to freak out. I think it was the opposite. I think it was more like, I was, like, internally, like, ah! But, like, externally, I didn't want to show that. So I think I might have, like, come off as standoffish. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh, man. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I told him that um, he and Artosis had a huge impact on me mm -hmm. uh, in terms of, like, thinking that people could commentate over video games. And not that I, at that time, when they were, when they were starting, ever thought that that's something that I would do. Mm -hmm. Obviously, mm -hmm. us falling into it was just total happenstance. Um that I didn't predict at all. But, yeah, I mean, he and Artosis, like, pioneered the idea of video game commentary in English, especially. Um, so, yeah, they they had a huge impact on me when I began to commentate. Listening to them, I think, helped, like, formulate a lot of what I like to do and, um, you know, gave me new ideas for what to try. So, yeah, it, it, it was really cool to meet him. That's cool. I, it's funny for me because, like... Uh... When I ran into Tasteless, I got him confused with his brother, Sean, right? Right, right. Because <laughs> yeah, they yeah. kind of look the same. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. when I looked at him at first, I think I kind of had this, like, like I think he kind of noticed that I was a little confused. And I was like, and I told him later on, I was like, sorry, I at first I thought you were Sean. And uh, I had met Sean before, and I've talked to Sean yeah. and everything like that. But the other weird part, of it too, is, like, when I was still at Symantec, that uh, one of my coworkers, one of my teammates, actually, was the father of uh, the guy who made threes on the mobile platforms, which is a little puzzle game. And okay. he was roommates with Sean, 
while they both lived in my uh, teammate's house. <laughs> so uh, there's this weird kind of like, there you go. because of that, like that whole line, they feel more real to me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like I, when I saw Tasteless, he didn't feel as much like a, a celebrity because I, you know, there was this weird, you know, Kevin Bacon kind of connection to this yeah, reality that, that I had. It was really weird it was really weird well i met i met um sean or dana and people don't know um mm-hmm. sean plot yeah another another starcraft dude he used to go to super arcade yeah and so i met and hung out with him a few times there um however when he used to go to super arcade he'd often get ripped off his ass first <laughs> and show up like barely awake uh some of those conversations were pretty weird but he did he did used to go to super yeah oh that's funny (laughs) (laughs) oh man thank you norgantz appreciate it all righty well see trigger i i hear that i hear that all right man cool uh got nothing else to say uh i I guess that's gonna be it cool uh, thanks, guys, for tuning in to the Tuesday show. Have a good one, and uh, stay safe out there, everybody. And uh, I'm not just going to... Uh, I'll jump back to the can. title screen and everything, but then I'm actually going to try to uh, raid a stream as well because we keep forgetting ah, to do that. So I'm going to do that as well, so don't go anywhere. Uh, you know what? I, I wonder if Sajam is still doing their uh, D&D thing. Maybe I'll go raid Ooh, them yeah. right now. So Okay. Thanks, guys, for watching. Thanks, guys, for hanging out uh, for the Tuesday show. And bird them. Bird them. Hope you guys can hear that. I have it really low on my speakers, but I don't know if it's loud on yours. But anyways, I will talk to you guys later. Peace out.